Ladies and gentlemen, it all comes down to this. Our deliberations to decide the top 10 best games of 2022 starts now. Welcome to the grand finale of the Cooldown Time Game of the Year Awards. I'm your graphically impressive host, Marco, and joining me is the technical mess of the show, Pablo. Pablo, are you ready to deliberate? Are you ready to, to fight? Are you ready to argue our way into a top 10 today? Oh, yeah, I'm ready to... Uh to to get through this list and have the 10 best games uh without you getting in the way of that so uh, basically the 10 best pablo no, games of the year are gonna make none this? of your none of this weird weirdo shit <laughs> none of this stray no i'm kidding no 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 it's gonna be fun i i think uh this you know every year um there's just a plethora of games that, and we've been gaming together for so long we have Similar taste in a lot of ways, so lots of times the lists come together pretty quickly. I am super interested about this year, though, because yeah. this has been one of the years where there hasn't been a lot of the the obvious ones, but there hasn't been a lot of crossovers and, and, and anything else that we've played together. So I'm excited to see where we land here. So, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, let's, yeah, we diverged let's do a lot, dude. Yeah, 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 I, which, is, which is different because I... You know, I think in in the moment of 2022 being what it was with games, we found our own kind of escape within video games. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's going to be, I'm really, uh, truly excited also to see what your top 10 games of the year are because I have no, I literally have no <laughs> gun to my head. Maybe I can guess, you know, the area in which maybe one or two games will be, but I can't even confirm or, or, or be confident that, any specific game is going to be in any specific place in your list. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. You know, for, for you listeners, you know, inside baseball, we don't really share our top 10 list with each other um, throughout the year. And let, we'll, we'll do like the mid-year check-in episode of the show where we kind of, you know, our favorite games of the year so far. But other than that, we really don't. I mean, Pablo tries to get me to, to spill the beans. Is, is this game in your top five? You don't have to say where. Is it in your? Well, and I, I don't I don't let him have the, 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 the chance to figure it out, though. That, yeah, that's more just me being curious because sometimes it's certain games where like, I like this game, mm-hmm. but... Is it just me, you know, trying to trying to get gauge yeah. uh, other people? Uh, but the problem with us, you and I, is the level in which we game. I don't know a lot of people that game on that level. So to ask my brother or ask anybody else, it's kind of like, yeah, I play like four <laughs> games this year. What are you talking about? Yo, by the way, you were on a warpath for a solid week berating everybody's top 10 games of the year list everywhere. This man was the, yeah, the hater of the year award winner. I mean, everybody, he, yeah. was, he was texting me constantly, what a trash-ass list. My brother, I don't even like him. It, it, no, it, it was, was just like, my brother was my brother was more like his unique list because he actually had five games to put this year, which was, was interesting. <laughs> but other lists, I'm kind of like, it wasn't the games on the list, it was the reasoning behind the Bougie. games and just some of the excuses. I'm like, I mean, if you're going to just pick one thing that you liked about the game then you don't really like the game you like the one thing about the game 
Anyway, <laughs> you see what uh, I mean, y'all? You see what I'm saying? Well, we you're not gonna find that bullshit here. We are the definitive top. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my god, he's a, this is what I mean, y'all. This is him. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, we will have quite a show as we deliberate um, our combined top ten games of the year. We have 25 games that we need to narrow down to 10. And then once we get it down to 10, you know what we got to do. Got to rank them hoes. Oh. So we're going to rank like, them. Got to do some yep. heroin. <laughs> not, what's not, the next? Not, heroin's oh. not going to be a part of this yet. Um, so we're going to do that. Uh, once we get our combined top 10 list down, then we're going to split off and recite our personal top 10 games of the year list just so you guys can you know, see what we each thought as individuals and not so much as a combined list. And I have a feeling... Our list, as Pablo alluded to, is going to be very different, and I think it's going to make deciding our combined list extremely interesting. So um, we should probably get started sooner than later. But before we do that, real quick, again, as a PSA, our opinions are going to probably differ than yours. If you can't handle that, if you can't handle the, 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 the difference of opinions, we might not be the show for you because we're going to be going certain places with certain topics and conversations, I'm sure. Uh, also, although I don't think we're going to be as spoilery as part one of our Game of the Year deliberations when we did um, the, you know, the special category awards, uh, there may be mild spoilers that could arise as we're talking through certain uh, aspects of the games that we have on our list here. So just as a fair warning, uh, if you are spoiler sensitive... Um, we may or may not, depending on the game, depending on the need, uh, talk spoilers as well. Um, Pablo, I don't think I have much else. Do you have any other PSAs before we get started on this thing, or, or are we good to go? Yeah, quick quick PSA. I got a mute button, and I will try my best to mute some coughs off this bitch, but I may miss one or two, and my apologies. Uh, but other than that, I'm ready. All right. Now, Pablo, you know, I want to throw a, a, a little bit of a curveball your way before we start. God damn it. Before we start, I want to get your, your overall thought about the year in gaming. If you had to give 2022's crop of games an overall letter grade, what would you give it? And why would you give it that grade? C plus. Interesting. Talk about it. What, what, what's going on with you, man? Because there was hundreds of games that came out this year, uh, and only one was a generational release, uh, one of the greatest games of all time already. Uh, I won't say what game Pentiment's it is. Pentiment's not that good, dude. Relax. <laughs> I, won't, I won't say what game it is just to kind of, <laughs> you know, those who listen to the show know exactly what, what, what game I'm talking about. But And then there was a lot of games that were <clears throat> a lot of sequels. That either were fine or not very good, in my opinion. And then just kind of like a, a whole bunch of weird games that I enjoyed, but not necessarily would have even competed uh, in any other year, mm. to be honest. It, it, I, I I was of two minds this year. I thought 2022 was terrible, and I thought 2022 was great. I, 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 I literally flipped between those things when I saw the games that I was playing at the moment that I was playing. But ultimately, what it's all said and done, when you had the product in hand and tested the product out and knew what that was, I think I'm leaning more at 2022 being one of the one of the worst years of games in a very long time, with one saving grace that came in there early on and 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 and, and really delivered something special. But other than that, everything that's come out that's on my list, I love. Uh, but I would be curious to compare this 
for future lists mm-hmm. and even go retrospectively look back and see if any of these games on my list would survive the the top 10 cuts just because of how how awful year it was for me anyway so c plus based solely on one game that one game mm-hmm. brought all the way up to c plus got you yeah i'm I'm probably a little you? bit more forgiving of the year i mean obviously sure. the, the amount of delays and um, you know, some of the games that kind of came out and underwhelmed were, were a bit disappointing, but I actually liked um, this year from a standpoint of uh, I got a chance to play a lot of unique games that I might not have given time of day. Um, and it made compiling a, a personal list of top games of the year actually more interesting than I think it has been in many years past. Um, you know, I think, you know, I, I, I arrived at my, my list rel- in a relatively decent time. However, you know, I thought it was just an interesting array of games that I wouldn't have expected to have, you know, taken to so much. So I would probably say probably about a maybe a B minus B, something like yeah. that. But I think it was an OK year. Um, but the delays, I think, particularly on the Xbox side of the spectrum, not to you know jump on them like, you know, in an in a attacking kind of way. But I think that really took the wind out of the sails uh, for the year yeah. for me. Yeah. I, and my list took. To like yesterday, this morning actually, to 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 nail down just because I just wasn't sure about so many games, but mm. uh, but let's talk about it. I'm let's ready. Do it. I'm let's ready do to it. jump into the meat of it. All right, so Pablo, we have a list of 25 games. I have alphabetized these games. I'm going to read them all off, and then I think we'll go ahead and make some cuts. Um, we'll see what kind of the easy, low hanging fruit cuts are, and then once we kind of get down to a lower number, uh, maybe we'll see what we can maybe lock in for the top 10 and then figure out how we can narrow it down and arrange it from there. Uh, So without further ado, the nominees for top 10 games of 2022 are as follows. A Plague Tale Requiem. I, The Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative. As Dusk Falls. Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2. Card Shark. Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Elden Ring, Ghostwire Tokyo, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Marvel's Midnight Suns, Marvel Snap, Neon White, Norco, Pentiment, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, Return to Monkey Island, Signalis, Splatoon 3, Stray, The Callisto Protocol, The Last of Us Part 1, Vampire Survivors, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Those, Pablo, are the 25 games that we must narrow down to 10. So, without further ado, Pablo, let me kick it over to you first. As you look at this list, what is standing out to you is maybe a low-hanging fruit cut, and talk about why. Uh, I, I think off rip, uh, for me is a pretty easy one. It's card shark. Okay. Um, it's a game that I enjoy quite a bit. Uh, a game that was really, really came out of nowhere and I enjoyed it, uh, for what it was. It's one of those games I feel like benefited from a slow moment in time, uh, during, uh, video game releases. Uh, but because of that, I was able to, to play it and I, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed it quite a bit, but I, it does, it just, it just doesn't have the pedigree of the other games on here and it doesn't quite hang, unfortunately. Okay. 
Yeah, it was a really interesting concept. I thought it was a cool looking art style for one. I thought the the, the hook of it not being a card game, but more of right. it like a, a con artist game was a really interesting thing. I've, I don't think yeah, I've yeah, ever yeah. seen before, but I would agree. I think, you know, and and these are all really great games. I, I think that that should go without saying, hopefully, but in that, that one in particular, I, dip, I don't think it can hang. So I think you're right. No. Um, let me go ahead and offer one up for the chopping block here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, um, and this might seem a little early, but I'm going to say Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion is a cut. Oh. Um, I think the quality of the remake work is is actually pretty well done. Um, I think that it's it's got some nice little quality of life improvements, but I think some of the late game stuff in that game uh, could have used a little bit of TLC because it's it's it feels very old and very much like a chore to play through. I wish they would have kind of taken more liberties to streamline some of the gameplay and some of that writing is just fucking terrible. So I, I wish yeah, they would have maybe redone some of the actual writing and performances to make that a bit better. Uh, but you know, for what it was, it was a solid, um, you know, a solid spinoff game when it came out. I think this version of it is equally as good, but not enough to uh, yeah. last as a top 10 game. So I'm going to go ahead and yeah, part ways here. And I can forgive him for the antiquated feeling of some of the gameplay stuff, some of the level design, some of the way that the quests and missions are uh, divvied out. I, I can forgive all that if the story was consistently good and the writing was so. Uh, but there were just moments, and I didn't get very far into it, but there were just moments that were really cool and then followed up by just dribble uh, and just nonsense. Yeah, and it gets just, worse, too. And I, it gets And bad. I know what Zach uh, does it. And I know what Zach, the feeling of Zach was going for. So my my, my complaint here is that Zach was so, was so annoying. It wasn't that. It's... Zach's writing, people who wrote Zach don't know how a person talks. Not at all. Uh, no, the it, dubbing is atrocious so, in that game. Yeah. yeah it's, so, ugh. yeah, I, I wanted to love it. I hear that the ending is good. I might just catch it on YouTube. It is good. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what kind of uh, how this affects or how this informs Final Fantasy Rebirth in any way. Uh, but I, I, I'll catch the endings through YouTube. But I, I, I'm glad that some people found some enjoyment yeah, for sure. in the game, at least. Yeah. yeah. All right, so Pablo, what are you thinking here? <clears throat> yeah, I. Not that it's getting hard already, but it is a little bit. I, I think I would offer up. <sighs> I would say I the Samian Files, okay, uh, Nirvana Initiative. I it's a game that I enjoyed. Uh, quite a bit. I know it's a game that you actually didn't like uh, and thought was a step down from the original. Right. I, I liked it quite a bit. And uh, in, in, in when it first came out, it was in the running for probably one of my favorite games of the year. Uh, but, you know, since then, a lot better games have come out and, and those games are represented on this list and they should be on there. And, and I uh, had his time in the, in, in the light for what it was. Okay. You know? So it's good to go. That's fair. All right. Um, you are right. This is a little bit tougher than I thought uh, to cut some of these games, but I, I, I will go ahead and volunteer Signalis as a cut. Um, I think this game's art style and its um, 
homage to old school survival horror games is really well done. Uh, but I do think that the back half of the game uh, can become a bit of a bog down. Um, but, you know, and, and the inventory management aspect, which, like many survival horror games, can be a lot to deal with. And I think it's particularly tough with this game because it throws so many items at you that you need to solve puzzles or to progress through the game. And it just becomes like, OK, I got to keep running back to the inventory box to drop more stuff off and get more stuff out. And it, it can be a bit of a, of a backtracking kind of a nightmare sometimes. Um, but, you know, overall, still a great game. One of the most artistically sound games I played this year, hand down um i wish i had actually fought for it a little bit harder in the art style uh best visuals art style category i think i offered it up as a cut really early kind of like what i'm doing now but um it's still a really fun game it's <laughs> i on wish game i would have fought for it more anyway get the fuck out of here <laughs> listen man i'm just trying to pitch in man i'm just trying to be just trying to be a good samaritan uh what what are art or it was horizon it, 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 it was it, it wasn't gonna win it, it was it, it wasn't, it wasn't gonna, gonna win, gonna win. Yeah. you know horizon from the west the technical masterpiece uh and then elden ring yeah an artistic powerhouse of a game yeah, yeah that was tough right i i played about 30 seconds of signal this <laughs> man that's what but he I, does but he's a buffet because I, gamer. I, because I knew I just knew it wasn't my game, but I just kind of wanted to see it because I, I heard you talking about the art style and, you know, how we're going into the diff- into the PlayStation 2 era of gaming. One stepping era, out really. of the 16-bit. Yeah, se- stepping out of... Oh, sorry, PlayStation 1 era, stepping out of the 16-bit. Uh, so I like I like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But it looked cool. It did look cool. But yeah, not, definitely never a game that I was going to get into. <laughs> uh, Marco, I'm going to go a little tough here. Uh, I want to ask you a question about The Last of Us Part 1. Um, I had a discussion with you about this in terms of, you know, I found it difficult to put it on my list and and even so i I, i've considered it we'll see whether it made it or not but you know obviously i'm not for me the advice you gave me is look at it as a game in which does the technical upgrades excuse me does that is that enough for the game to make your top 10 and i would say it it it's borderline i yeah it's borderline that it is it's fantastic. I think it's amazing to look at. I just think everything that that game does, it's within its story. It's something that's obviously it didn't change. And while I like the technical upgrades to it, I don't know if that alone can stand as a top 10 game. Though I'm not saying it, it, it can't. I'm saying I think it might be a little too borderline on the bubble. We can, you know, we can probably put a little mark on it if you don't want to take it off the list yet as a, as a bubble game. But I... I don't know, man. I feel like, I, I, you know, I don't know if it does enough. Yeah. And, and again, I can see what you're it, saying. It, it makes the game look incredible. Like, so it's, it's kind of unfair to be like, it's not enough. I guess what I'm saying is any remake that doesn't really change the game in any way, in any way, uh, it'll be hard for it to make my top 10 list. Like this year, we have uh, uh, Dead, Ri- Dead Rising, sorry, not Rising, um, Dead Space remake and depending on how much how different that game is story-wise because i know there's made some changes you know i'll find it a little difficult to put it on my top 10 of the year mm. in which rehashes all the story beats but i'm up to, i defer to you on that i just kind of wanted to offer that up and have that conversation early on yeah no i mean um i i definitely hear you and it is a tricky one because the objective they had at naughty dog was to do a one-for-one remake right and and so that Fine. can that can take some of the you know, I guess some of the, the the gusto off of the game because it's it is genuinely just going to be the same experience you had, just better looking. Um, 
I do think there's something to be said for the quality of the remake. Um, and I'm not saying you're playing it down or anything, but I think that the, no, the, no, 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 no. the accessibility features are outstanding and it invites more people than ever to play this game, which I think is always good. The visuals are obviously uh, so good that they speak for themselves. 3D audio, dual sense support, improvements to the AI. I think there's a lot here. Um, even if some of it may seem under the hood or just subtle touches. But I do think to get this list down to 10, I think this game would ultimately become an obstruction to get there. Yeah. So I do think that even though it may seem early, I do agree that we should go ahead and part ways with this one now. Um, but I think we okay. I think we yeah. gave it its flowers. It's it's a it's a great remake. It's high quality work. I think it was worth the full price personally. I don't know. Most people don't think that way, but um, for the sake of this list, I don't think it's going to hang. Yeah, it's a new game. It's a buried entry. So $70 is what it is, you know, at this point. So now we're down to 20 games on our list. So we're doing pretty good so far, kind of plugging away at this thing. Um, But it is going to get harder from here, Pablo. Um, I am up next, I believe. And we don't have to go back and forth tit for tat. No, 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 I know. But but Um, if you got something, go for it. I think. I really enjoyed Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 this year. Um, I think it's a it's a pretty solid campaign with a few rough patches. I think the multiplayer is a good time with a few rough patches. I think the third-person mode, which we spoke highly of, is very well done um, with some rough agreed, patches. Agreed. But I think that's kind of the theme of the game for me. It's, it's, a, it's a solid game that checks a lot of boxes and does things very well, especially with presentation. Um, but... I don't know if we are going to have enough passion for that game to get it into the top 10, even if we both enjoy it and consider it a a relatively solid Call of Duty. So what do you think? No, yeah, that that was my that was my pick next. It was Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. So that can go. Um, You know, I I hate I, I hate I hate. The way the industry and people who play games kind of poo-poo Call of Duty or any uh, or even Battlefield, uh, I think that those games obviously they come out every year, so they're overexposed, kind of like Assassin's Creed. I think they make bad ones. I think they make good ones. And I think the shoe was a good one, and I yeah, yeah. I don't want to deny its its flowers that we're giving it based on the fact that it's just Call of Duty and it's Madden. <laughs> and, you know, I, you know yeah. if a Madden if a Madden game comes out and it has like dope ass new features and a great ass like uh franchise player mode that could be considered top 10 why not absolutely yeah um marco let's have this difficult conversation because i feel like this is going to be pokemon legends rcs versus pokemon scarlet violet i don't think we can have two pokemon games on our top 10 mostly because one i loved one you loved the other and I don't know, yeah. maybe that cancels out. Maybe we have no Pokemon game on our top 10. I actually was 10. just going to say that. Um, I think, you know, full disclosure, you know, me and Pablo, we have a, a, a like and appreciation for Pokemon. We are by no means, and we know people, you know, personally who are diehard Pokemon fans. Yeah. And there's no debate whether they're going to get the game. And it's... You know, and, and we're not quite there. You know, we've been critical of the series in the past. We trolled the series for a good portion of the, of, of of last year. Um, and, you know, I, I we think... We didn't respect his damn name. Yeah, we didn't respect nothing about it. But, however, I think we both came away with, you know, a, a Pokemon game each that I think spoke to us on some level, uh, scratched that itch, which doesn't 
come around a lot for us, but I think Pokemon overall left something for both of us. Now, I again, I think looking at what's on this list, honestly, I think you were onto something by saying I think these both cancel out. And okay. while we enjoyed both of them and they have lots of good things they brought to the table individually, I just think against some of the games that are left here, that which we're very passionate about, I think they're probably cuts. What do you think? Let, let me ask you a question. You heard me talk about Pokemon Scarlet Violet. I heard you talk about Arceus. Yeah. Uh, do you think our love is equal for each? Like, I love Scarlet as much as you love Arceus? Um, I think we're probably about equal in that we're not... Yeah, I think so, We're too. not blind enough to, like, ignore, like, the, the faults that are very present in those games. I think we're very yeah. quick to call them out, and I think we factor that in with the experience. Yeah, I with Scarlet, I definitely factored it in. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but it's there's definitely something about the game that I that set well with me and that I really enjoyed mm-hmm. so much so that I beat it fairly quickly, which is not something that I often do. But I feel like each we're each making the sufficient sacrifice for you saying goodbye to RC and me saying goodbye to Scarlet and Violet. I think I think it's is fair. Yeah, uh, in that way, you're That's saying goodbye to Oxygen at. right now. Is what you're saying? Goodbye. I'm saying I was running, I run out of that bitch. <laughs> All right, let me go ahead and cut both of them. So. Uh, Shout out to Pokemon Legends Arceus and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, flaws yeah, shout aside, out, shout out to very solid games. Shout out to Marco's acting skills. While I mute my microphone, he's not even pretending that I'm coughing up a lung, yeah, this uh, man a lung is on the other side. Having a full blown seizure, this... and I'm just, and Pokemon. <laughs> like, oh my God, video games are fun. Oh, man. All right. So that brings us down, Pablo, to 17 games. So we're, we're kind of. We're kind of working through these, even though it's getting tough. But I think it is going to get tougher think, from here because now I'm, I'm I'm looking at a lot of these, and I think we're getting to the part now where a lot of Pablo games are starting to be more prevalent. A lot of Marco games are starting to be more prevalent. Yeah. Um, but let's let's talk about appreciation versus like love for a game because I think we both appreciate Vampire Survivors mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit. And I think we enjoy it quite a bit, but I think that's a that's a that's something that we've we, we've kept on the list, yeah. Uh, to to ward off the internet, I guess, for any longer. I, I yeah. I personally, I personally, I personally like it. Uh, full disclosure, considered on my top ten. Uh, we'll see if it makes it or not. But I am not gonna sit here and tell you it's my game of the year and the way that people are talking about this game. You know, I. I I, I like it a lot. It's just, I'm like, are they playing the same game? Am I playing a different Vampire Survivors? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that, that can go. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree. Um, it's a different, it's not trying to be a lot of things that the rest of the games on our list are. It's not trying to create an emotional connection with you. It's not trying to tell a story. It has no story. Um, it is a very surface yeah, level game. Yeah, it's Vampire Survivors. You just survive. Um, and you you have, you know, your power-ups and it, it can be very frenetic and fun. Um it's not quite as addicting for me as I think I've heard other people talk about. And I, not that I want to call like bullshit on what I hear a lot of people say, but I think a lot of people put a lot of gas on this game for the end of year conversations. Um, and it, you know, they make it sound like it's this crack addiction. It, it is an addicting game and has addictive qualities to it. It's kind of built that way. Its creator has worked on like, you know, casino type of experiences before. So he knows yeah. how to make certain sound and image things happen to get you to like really lock in with it. So I get it from, I, from a certain angle, but I, I, I never really, I never really locked in with it like a lot of people have. 
I, I guess to explain the game, I think think of it like Hades, except if Hades was good. No, but listen, Ooh. I I <laughs> honestly I think we have to be careful when we look at not we as a podcast, but we as listeners of of consumers of other uh, of other platforms. They have huge communities. Yes, and these games they can share. Oh, I did a twenty minute run, thirty minute run. This is the this is the build that I have. That becomes like the meta game to the game, and so a lot of that when you hear people talking about the game, they share their experiences with the game, but equal parts they're sharing their experience with the communities that they have about how far they got the the they leveled up garlic or the bible or whatever they, they might have leveled up or whatever kit they brought into the battlefield that's a huge part of it because that's honestly what got me into it you know it's like people sharing all these uh videos of it of, of complete and utter chaos and, and the bills that they had and that got me into the game and i was like oh this is pretty dope but you know th- we're, we're talking specifically about the game itself as as just a product and I feel that it's a very good product. I've heard people say, and I and I and I, and I agree with this. We're going to see a lot of clones of this kind of yeah, game. Yeah, they're already out there. Um, mm-hmm. They're already out there. Yeah. So I I I think Vampire Survivors is among the top fifteen games of the year, top twenty games of the year for sure. Uh, but you know we got to dwindle this down to ten, and 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 for me that's an easier cut yeah. than, than than other games on this yeah, list. Some people might be shocked about that one, but I think that's just kind of where yeah. we both land. Um, you know, unfortunately, but still, hey. It gets a daffodil for being a good game. Um, <laughs> a daffodil. A daffodil. Uh, all right. So that brings us down to 16 games. Uh, we will refresh uh, the list of games left over uh, probably after we make this next cut. I think we'll, we'll see where yeah, we're at. Yeah, at 15. Um, but that's going to be a little tough. Um, damn. So, okay. I want to talk to you about Marvel Snap. Um, okay. I want to see, I want to get kind of a feel. I'm not saying it's a cut, but I want to get your, right. your read on where you think this is stacking up right now. And if this is one that could potentially be up for discussion as a cut. <coughs> I mean, I think realistically they all could be up for discussion, but I, I don't know. I, for me, this game is a little bit, it's, it's better than pretty good for a mobile game. Uh, entry, you know, when people talk about, yeah, it's pretty good for for a mobile game. Uh, but I think what Marvel Snap offers is this incredible, easy to access card game with the Marvel IP, and they use those characters to the best of their ability. Like the, the the abilities in each of those cards really ring true to some of the characters and how their powers work within the, the, the comic book world with the MCU. And they managed to balance that in a way where anybody can walk in there with any set of cards and potentially win. Uh, but they've also rewarded those people who are able to put decks together and go in there and really start wrecking house. And it, my thing is, is in a world of these very difficult, very hard to 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 comprehend card based battle battle collect them ups whatever. Marvel Snap came into into the scene and already had the had licensing license game uh, to to kind of have to overcome, and I think it does it in a, in, a, in a in a beautiful way. You know, it's more checkers than it is chess in a lot of it, but it's it's one of the, it's some of the most fun I had all year. It's one of the most addicting games that I've that, that I've come across in many years. Like I I was having nightmares about this game. Not not about nightmares. Nightmares where I was I was sleeping and I was in my dreams. I was playing this game and somebody pulled out a fucking Hulk 
and and hit 12 power on my side when I was <laughs> building that it, it, and completely messed up my run. Like, it's just little things like that. I mean, this game really got into, into kind of like my cut into my gaming in, in ways that I was not expecting at I mean, all. I mean, it cut into your psyche uh, at, 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 at a certain point. Yeah, 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 for sure. But like, cut into my gaming time. Like, I was yeah, not yeah. playing other games, just, just literally, like, yeah, the, 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 the check, the weekly check on, on the phone. The, my number one used app for like three weeks was Marvel Snap and it wasn't even close. Uh, but, you know, I, hmm. it, for me, it, it's one of those things where it's, a game that I played that you've not touched, I'm assuming. Well, we've got a handful uh, of those here. I mean, to some extent. So yeah, yeah, and and I don't know. <clears throat> I there's other. F- it, I'm looking through. The I list. mean, if there, you want to propose something else, we have. can propose something else. That was more of a getting a read for how you're feeling about it. So, uh, for me, I want to keep it for now. Okay. Um, uh, but that's because I'm not being forced to 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 let go of my babies just yet. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, but I'm not. Uh, I, to be clear, I'm not unwilling. I'm not saying that it's a definitely no go. Okay. But well, let's just put a pin in it then. We'll we'll <clears throat> we'll circle All back. Right. Um, I have a counter what, suggestion. What? Okay. What do you feel? What do you feel about As Dusk Falls? I think we've talked about you know the pretty good first half, but I also think we covered you know in the last episode we did about the the back half of that being a bit um, lacking, and you know the cliffhanger ending okay. has something to be desired as well. Um, I know that we but, really enjoyed the story, and I know you were very big on the art style, but do you think that the passion is strong enough compared to what we have here in this uh, the Sweet 16 we got going on? I got a counter to your counter in the form of a question. Okay. Are you more passionate about As Does Falls or more passionate about Neon White? Personally? Uh, yeah. Probably Neon White. Okay. Then I think... Me too. Okay. Um, I yeah. What was the and I just kind of what was the comparison for that for that for was that no the the counter was get rid of neon white oh okay uh, instead of as does falls uh, just in that if we're not feeling passionate about it because mm. I think our passion for as does falls is the same and I wasn't sure if we felt more oh, passion okay. for for neon white I feel you uh, which I do I okay. I I think neon white was the better experience yeah uh, I, I, in, yeah certainly the, yeah. do I, I I agree with that okay. All right, so we'll cut as dusk falls. That brings us to 15 games. Pablo, I'm going to go ahead and refresh the listeners with what we have left on our list right now, and then we will... Go for it. I'm going to mute the mic and cough my brain out. Ah, you got this. All right. So here are the 15 games that we have left in our top 10 games of the year deliberations. We have A Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, Ghostwire Tokyo, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Marvel's Midnight Suns, Marvel Snap, Neon White, Norco, Pentiment, Return to Monkey Island, Splatoon 3, Stray, The Callisto Protocol, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. All right. So, got some more cuts to to make here. Talk to me about Norco. Man, um, Norco is probably one of the best story 
probably one of the best stories I've played in in a game in in the last couple years. To be honest with you, it's Whoa. it's a it's in that echelon for me, uh, and it, okay. it did it, it achieved that in ways <laughs> that I didn't expect to because of just how flat out weird it can be at times and um, how surrealist of of a of a story it actually is, which usually doesn't appeal to me at all. Uh, but there was just something about the way that all of these uh, plot devices came together through the atmosphere and, and the representation of Norco, Louisiana that I found just uh, incredibly captivating um, in the context of this list. Um, I think no, I that mean, no, I, I don't think uh, on I, a scale I, of like, you know, w- between passions of the games that are, that are on this list that are also Marco ass games. Uh, this is one that I'm willing to sacrifice for the sake of getting down to 10. Uh, because we are going to have to okay, make contests at some point, and I don't I, want. But I won't let you do that. I won't let you do that just yet because I I can't sit here and have you say this is one of the best stories that you've played in a cup not just just here in a couple of years, and then yeah. uh, cut it when I feel there are other games on here that can be cut before it. I, and I know that, that that seems like it doesn't matter, but I think it matters. I think you know, if Roku could stay on here and possibly seek its way up to top ten, I can be convinced of that. Um, yeah, I mean, let me offer- like I said, I, I, I don't want to be necessarily a pushover about the list either, but I also understand at the same time that it, we are going to have to part ways with a lot of good games that, that we yeah, are Yeah, but I, in love I, I with, would so. say I would say at this point we should we shouldn't have to offer any sacrifices. Okay. Uh, but I am going to offer one okay. just okay. Uh, off of good faith here. I think Pentiment um, is a game that I really enjoyed. Uh, but ultimately, it just... It just didn't story wise. It just didn't do it for me like like people were were, were talking about mm-hmm. in that sense. I mean, the Act Three uh, plot twist, from what I heard, <coughs> is pretty cool. Um, with how it kind of sure. you know shifts gears and puts you in, in in a different situation to go without spoilers. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I t- I spoke my piece about that game, you know, in our last conversation, particularly about the the look of the game. But I also felt like it was a bit dry for me as well. So I, I can see kind of. Why it might not crack the top ten? I just have I, I I I appreciate it. I just have no passion for it past where it's at right now. Mm. Is is kind of like where, where I'm at. Okay, yeah. So now we're down to fourteen games, uh, Pablo. I want to I want to get a read on the Callisto Protocol between us. <laughs> what are you thinking here? Uh, the f- the more time I spend away from the Callisto Protocol, the less I like it. Um, I don't. I'm not buying into the whole. It's a bad game. That is bullshit. That game is not a bad game. I played bad games this year. Callisto Protocol was not a bad game. Is it a top ten game? <clears throat> no, not for me. Uh, not for me. Okay. Uh, not in the slightest. I think that. Uh, I just feel. The story for me was, it just wasn't that interesting. Um, mm. I think the way it was told, the acting, the the graphics, a lot of stuff. I think all that was great. I just think ultimately the story, it was very contained and it wasn't very interesting when it was all said and done. It did ramp up at the end. You know, some interesting stuff was laid out for future games for sure. Uh, sadly, I don't know if we'll ever see that, but. <laughs> mm. um, I don't know. I, I, I honestly was a game that I was really high on. I was like, oh, this is probably going to be a top 10 game for me. And as time passed, it's like, you know what? I, I do see some faults in it. And it's just there are more games that are better than it. What do you what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the game a lot. 
Um, I think that this game was kind of dealt uh, a, a strange hand by the by the media because of the Dead Space yeah. comparisons, and I think that just so stupid that colored a lot of people's judgment and predisposition towards the game. And I think people came in trying to play it like Dead Space, expecting Dead Space with a different name, and when they got something radically different that was trying to be its own thing, I think it kind of repulsed a lot of people. Not to say the game doesn't have flaws or, or, or you know quirks of its own, because it certainly does, but I, I've been very high on the game, but I think for the sake of this list, I, I don't really see it cracking the top 10, so I think this is probably a good uh, send-off point for the Callisto Protocol, but solid game in my opinion, and I think a lot of people were a little unfair. But uh, that game's at a sixty-eight at open uh, credit. That's ridiculous. Nu- that's a, that's nuts. That's bananas to me. Uh, it's not that bad. That's ridiculous. Um, but that brings us down to thirteen games, Pablo. What do we want to talk? What do we want? What do we want to do here? Do we want to lock in any games? In? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think let's try to maybe uh, let's, wanna- let's try to maybe come up with five locks. Maybe some How about, maybe some games that maybe we both agree that should be on the list. And maybe one game each that are more of like a Pablo ass game or a Marco ass game or something. Like, what, where are we at here? Okay, so I, I think I, I, I like think to, I have five games that I can. Yeah, I have. Okay, you want to just say it? Yeah, I'll, I'll just say what I think we can at least for five games we can call locks. I think Plague Tale Requiem, okay. Elden Ring, um, Marvel's Midnight Suns. Stray and Xenoblade Chronicles Three, I think, are games that, if they weren't on this top ten list, we'd be weirded out. Either for personal yeah, or combined ha- reasons. Okay, I don't have Stray. I have God of War Ragnarok instead. Okay, but we can lock. We can lock. We can lock those five and leave God of War Ragnarok off. Okay, so I'm gonna bold the games that we just mentioned here. Um, and then, cause I think realistically we're, we're, we're not playing with 10 vacant spots here in, in actuality. No. I think we're really playing with about five, so maybe four. So that's going to make these cuts a little bit more cutthroat, but we got to get there. Um, all right. And I think just to kind of let people know here, Playtale Elden Ring is something two games me and Xenoblade Chronicles are are three games me and Marco absolutely loved and adored. Marvel Midnight Suns is a Pablo as Pablo game and Stray is a Marco as Marco game. Yeah, for sure. I think that's so a think good. That's, why, that's what. I think it's a good yeah. lock in for right now. You know, it's a little you, a little yeah. me, a little of you know combined uh, taste here accounted for. So that kind of right. that kind of makes this list a little interesting because. Um, you know, that's now we have eight games that are not not no more than eight games. One, two, three, four, five, four, uh, five, let me, six. Let me, yeah, eight games. <clears throat> let me kind of put you on the spot here yeah. and make you uh, and make you a target for uh, for internet haters. Um, I don't. I just want to ask the question. I'm not telling you to get rid of it. <laughs> I, know I just want to ask the question. You <laughs> know, maybe you know, is God of War Ragnarok not a top ten game? Um. I want to hear your passion for that game. Um, I'm fine with it being in our top 10. I don't mind it being there, but I think I'm not really clear on the level of passion that we we both share for it compared to other stuff quite yet. We don't have to address that right now. No, we won't address it right now. We'll get later into it, but I, my, my, my weird kind of, relationship to God of War Ragnarok. I I love it with all my heart. 
and also almost equally hate yeah. a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll dive into those complex. Yeah, I, I think and a lot of people are going to be baffled by that. I think there are certain games in this list for us that are no-brainers, and I think that there's going to have to be some brainers. <laughs> and I, th- I think God of War might have to be a brainer pick if we get to that. But um, let's put a pin in that for now. Um, okay. I am going to go ahead and, and, and let Horizon Forbidden West uh go off into the sunset this was a game that kind of was a late um a late bloomer for me uh even after playing it when it first came out um i actually turned around on it pretty hardcore if you didn't hear about it in in the part one of our game of the year awards i've totally changed my tune on this game but i am not going to be unrealistic and expect that uh, just because I had a last minute epiphany about it, that it's going to somehow crack the top ten. I, I but let me I ask don't you need this: to fight for that per se. But let me ask you this: Ghostwire Tokyo. What's your bigger passion? Horizon from the West or Ghostwire Tokyo? It would be Ghostwire, I think, because I didn't have any. Oh. I didn't have any. You know, like weirdness about that game. Uh, more, yeah, with, but, but with Horizon, that, I, I, I circled back to it, and, and I felt different. But I don't think that matters. I think ultimately it matters where you've le- left off at the end of it, at the, mm-hmm. at the end of the experience. Like, I, like, I, I can go in on Forbidden West all day, every day. You know, I don't like those kind of games. Uh, and you can defend it very well yourself mm-hmm. in terms of why you love it. I don't think I need to put you on the spot here to be like, tell me why you've changed your mind. Uh, because I trust your gaming opinion. My thing is, is I am, I am, I, I don't like Forbidden West for many reasons. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's, it's a, dis- it's a, Terrible game because there, there's too much the, the the quality in which this game that exudes visually and, and even some story moments and its character design and and, and some of its world design is is top notch. Mm-hmm. So um, what I'm asking here is you still have Norco and you don't have to sacrifice your game. We still have Monkey Island. Yeah, we still have Marvel Snap. We still have Ghostwire Tokyo and um. I don't know. I feel I would actually I would feel a little weird not having Horizon Forbidden West in our top ten. Not having it in the top ten. Not having okay. it. Yeah. Just All based right. just based on your turnaround of it, but also based on the fact that I'll taking the 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 t- little inside baseball, taking the kayfabe out of my hate for Horizon Forbidden West <laughs> a little bit. Like you know, yeah. I, I I I sometimes go in on that game like in, in so hard, and it I I mean it, but not to that extent. Um, I can rec I can recognize quality when I see it. It's just a not for me. Like mm-hmm. I don't like the way the story is told and a lot of exposition a lot of exposition dumps. Like there's literally times in that game where you sit through a thing, you hear somebody talk, you talk to somebody about a thing you saw. Then you go home and you, then you talk to Gaia, the goddess of Gab, and tell her about everything you just saw. So Not she can the talk to you and say, Gab. <laughs> See what I'm saying, y'all? That's what, man. But, 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 I mean, I'm, that's hypocritical of me because I'm sitting in Marvel's Midnight Suns at the Abbey, listening to Blade talk about a story, 55,000 lines of dialogue that we're talking through it. So I, 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 I understand my, my hypocrisy in some of these things, but. I would honestly, looking at coming into it fully, swear to God, arising from Middle West, not being on this list, I was like, I'm good with that. They don't even be in the top ten. But now that I'm looking at it, I would feel a little weird. Okay, at least not being represented at ten. Now here's here's the conundrum we have right now. I'm willing to to sacrifice some games. I was willing to sacrifice Norco, willing yeah. to sacrifice Horizon. Um, 
I mean, I'm even willing to sacrifice Neon White. So, I mean, I, I'm that's I'm our, willing, that's, that's, you know, but, but we but we gotta we're gonna have to, to well, we break can, through this part here. I, Return to Monkey Island is a game that I really enjoyed and I really loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the the way the story was told and I think the the ultimate ending of that that story was really sweet. And if you are a fan of the series, you really got a lot out of it. Uh, but I think it's a I think it's a hard game to come into blind, like a game that you've never played before, anything like that. And I think uh, a lot of the comedy, which I absolutely think is, is top-notch and great, you know, might not be everybody's flavor. Uh, a lot of returning characters that are weird and quirky that would make no sense for anybody coming into it uh, for the first time. But other than that stuff, I, I, I think that it's a solid game that I really enjoyed. But ultimately, I as our top 10, I don't think it, I don't think it hangs here with these other games. So Marvel Snap? No, Return to Monkey oh, Island. I don't know why I thought Mar- I was looking at Marvel Snap. My bad. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that feels weird to me now. That's kind of my horizon for Bidden West. That's a weird moment, kind of a not seeing. Well, I mean, thing. I look it, just it, to be a little bit more, and it doesn't, doesn't matter. But like, it's a game that I also struggled with in terms of where I'm putting, like, whether or not I was going to make my top 10, if it did, where I'm going to put it. So it wasn't a game that, uh, it's a game that I came into it completely passionate and loving it and wanting to be represented. And then as times have gone on and and, and more time has passed, uh, it's a game that um, I appreciate it. It's just, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, it's among the best games of the year. Okay. All right. I mean, I'm going to defer to you on that. I just want to make sure we're not yeah. we're not trying to color inside the lines and and, and not be. Bold no, no, here. no. I mean, it, it's a sacrifice because it's a game that I like. Okay. But ultimately, uh, I wouldn't sacrifice Neon White, Splatoon, okay. uh, Marvel Snap, or Forbidden West for, uh, again uh, uh, for it. Okay, then. So then that brings us down to 12 games, Pablo, and we have to make two more cuts. Um. I've said my piece about Horizon, so if that is a uh, if this is a drop off point, I get it. I said the same, said the same about Norco. If this is a drop off point now, I get it. Um, we talked about Marvel Snap earlier, um, so we, I don't know where we want to go. Whether we want to revisit games we've already discussed, or whether we want to talk about some other things that we haven't touched on yet on this list. Um, where, where's your head going here? Um. <clears throat> Let's. You want to talk about Ghostwire? Yeah, you know, um, Ghostwire it, Tokyo is a game that I think could have been just a throwaway game that was sent to die, and I think in some ways by Bethesda it sort of felt like it was. Um, yeah, and I think the game was also mismarketed and misrepresented as far as what it's actually trying to do. Um, but in my opinion, I thought that this world uh, was was eerily fascinating i thought that the fear-like horror elements were done well but not overdone to the point of it being gimmicky and annoying 
Um, I think the game uses great restraint with those types of things, uh, especially in its storytelling, which is not obnoxious, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I think this game, to me, if I had to pick one word for it, it would be balance. It just feels like everything is, is really nicely balanced together, where nothing is overtaking another element of the game. Um, and it just made for a really smooth and seamless experience that didn't overstay its welcome. Um, you know, uh, it, it may not have the highest highs and the most memorable moments from other games we've played this year, but I think it just stays in this really consistent level of, of, of a good time. Um, you know, even if it doesn't have those like big emotional peaks and valleys, I think towards the end it kind of does. And with the finale of what happens with uh, Akito's uh, sister, who's a part of the storyline and some other stuff with the villains. But um, I think in general, it's just a solid ass game um, that, you know, really sh- shook the shit out of me because I was I was trolling this game hard on this podcast. Hard. So for me to eat crow, you know, I, I think it is a testament to the game being better than I thought. Um, but again, you know, I'm, I'm not married to the idea that it absolutely has to make this top 10. So again, with <laughs> that, is, along with the other games I've thrown out there are, is, is it's cuttable if we need to get to, to this 10. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and, 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 um, I'll let you, I'll let you decide. Okay. Between, between... a cut. I'm going to go ahead and do Marvel snap. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna go ahead and, and sacrifice Marvel Snap All again. Right. It's a game that I love, a game that I wish was on here, but I, you know we're, we're we're getting down to it. So I I at, with 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 eleven games on the list, um, I would make I would let you make choice, but I will say I I would like I would like Horizon represented on this list. So okay, um, then you know what? Um, before I okay, no, never mind. I wanted to talk about Splatoon 3. I think that's like the last game we haven't really talked about. Um, do we feel like that needs to be in the top 10 for sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. Okay. I, I think so. I, I think Splatoon 3 really will have the conversation yeah, when yeah. it comes to placement. Sure. Uh, but yeah. I, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's one of those games that we, we didn't talk about. Playtale, Elden Ring. Yeah, we're going to get to those because those were the kind of yeah. foregone conclusions, but we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think, I, I honestly, I think Splatoon 3 is a foregone conclusion for us. I okay. think it's a game. Maybe we didn't play, play as much as we would li- like to, but I, my time with it was uh, some of the. It's the most fun I had playing a multiplayer game this year. That says a yeah, lot. I did win the for, award, for so that yeah. does count for something. Right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if if this is going to be on 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 your boy, um, I know I spoke highly of a lot of the games I talked about, but um, again, I think Norco, um, despite what I said about its story, um, it is a story that's not quite for everybody. It was it was for me, weirdly enough. Um, but I think that if I had to choose gun to head, I would probably sacrifice Norco to keep what is left on the list on the list. Um, so with that being said, Pablo, we are down to 10 games. Um, let me blow this up a little bit on our documents so we can read this thing. Um, all right, in no particular order, ladies and gentlemen, no particular order. These are the 10 games that we have considered the top 10 of the year. We have A Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, Marvel's Midnight Suns, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Stray, Ghostwire Tokyo, 
God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Neon White, and Splatoon 3. Pablo, this is kind of our speak now, forever hold your peace moment. Was there any cuts that we're thinking about and going, damn, I don't know. Did we do the right thing? Where where are we at now? No, I feel I feel good about it. The, the only game that I feel uh, was robbed, was never mentioned here. And I think we, we, we made the t- decision based on our you know, our combined top 10, it didn't qualify, was uh, uh, Last Judgment Kaito Files. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because it's uh, DLC. And it, if it was standalone, I think we would have definitely had a case to make there. But yeah, I think we would have been going a little too niche niche for that one. Yeah, okay. yeah. But, that's as, the only but as far as the cuts we've yeah, made, no, there's nothing that's making you go, oh, God, this looks weird without having that, that game on the list. No, I mean, I would say Marvel Snap, but then there's, no, there's nothing on here that I could say that should be cut for Marvel Snap. Are you sure? <clears throat> because I mean, it's Mar- yeah, Marvel no, Snap versus, versus a Neon White. You know, it, Neon White, Neon no, White. I, okay, yeah, it's still Neon White for me though. Okay. Well, no, it's not. It's Marvel Snap. I'm just being, but I still, I, 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 I still think it, it's a Neon White is a game that we both really love. It is, but uh, I don't necessarily want that to be the reason why it's on the list. If 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 your year was I consumed mean, I, with Marvel Snap when it dropped, and it, it, I doubt, I doubt all your top ten games or games that you love this year are all on this list. So it's it's just one of those things where, uh, you know. I'm sure some. I'm still. I'm I still going to push you though because, I, you know, obviously I joked about it earlier, but you know, Marvel Snap was a big was a big deal for you. It was a big deal. Yeah. There's, we we can't. And I don't want the fact that it's a. And I'm not saying this is what you're saying, but I don't want the fact that it's a mobile game or that it's you know no, a card no, no, game no. to be why it's not here. If you. Uh, if if you I want this game on this list, I can I can cut another one of the ones that I'm passionate about. I just want to make sure because that that level of addiction for a game, yeah, not being represented on this list would be weird for me. Yeah, but also I haven't played it in, in like a month and a half too. So is it it's, because you forced yourself not to? <laughs> yeah, for a little bit, but then it's just no desire to go back. Okay, uh, after a okay. while, but I, I it's. Look, I get it and I appreciate it. My thing is, is when I'm looking at this list of games, I just feel good about this list. I like the way this list looks. I like the games on okay. this list. I and I and I think I've already came in, at least into it, realizing that Marvel Snap was going to be a stretch to make it on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it went. It, I mean, it was like right there to to the wire. I can appreciate that for for what I'm, that is. I mean, this was a top fifteen list. Okay. It, it would have been there. I'm but more no, than I'm willing good. to get I, Horizon out and swap in, tag in Marvel Snap. I'm, I, I just want to. No, be no, clear no. I like on this. That. I like this. Yeah. Right. No, I like okay. it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So then. With that being said, I'll refresh the listeners one more time, then let's start to rank these out and see where we land here. But we have A Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, Marvel's Midnight Suns, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Stray, Ghostwire Tokyo, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Neon White, and Splatoon 3 as our 10 games. Now, Pablo, we need to start ranking these. Um, I don't quite know how you want to approach this, but do you want to approach this from like what's a bottom five, top five kind of thing? What are you thinking here? Not even, for right now, let's do. I think yeah, let's do. If we did, what if we did this? Uh, 
Now let's make sure we're we kind of walking people through what's took, going on yeah, here. We'll, we take Xenoblade Chronicles here. Uh, are we moving? We, what, what are we, we doing put here? it here. Here, I'll tell you. I'll show you right now. Let me. I'm just really blind. Pablo is, is Google uh, docking with his trifocals on. I all right, so I think. All right, so I, if you look here, uh, the top three games, which is Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, and Xenoblade Chronicles Three, I think let's leave those up there and let's talk about everything under for now. What do you think? Um, I'm not necessarily sold on one of those three being in the top three, but I'm for if we oh. want to go for now, that's fine. Okay, interesting. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> because I. <clears throat> That that this top three for me is based on all our conversations throughout the year, right? So, sure. But I so, I can be uh, I can be swayed out of out of one of these here. Okay. Um, and oh wow. Um. All right. Well, let me just kind of let me just kind of you know, address that. I don't need to be cryptic about it. I think a Plague Tale Requiem to me is a game that I can see dropping. Um, and, and here's my argument for it. It's, it's great for all the reasons we've talked about. I, I'm not even going to revisit all the story reasons why and you know the, the atmosphere, the <coughs> setting, all that stuff, the performances, the soundtrack, all that stuff's great. My biggest hang-up with The Plague Tale is I really was a bit bummed out that the combat sequences were as stiff as they were and that some of the stealth sequences were... Uh, as stiff as they were too, to the point where it's not quite a game that has like fail states like the old like mid to 2010s games where if you like go off the map it like tells you you have five seconds to get back on or else you're gonna die it's not like that it's just that it feels like once you get caught the shit kind of hits the fan quick and there's really not a lot of nimbleness with the controls to really bounce back and regain leverage in those in those moments um, so I found that especially towards the end of the game where they try to ramp up and they like have these like horde segments where they like, now you got to stand here and survive when we send enemies out from every direction. I felt like the game's combat kind of unraveled in those moments um, in a way that I thought sort of detracted from the impact narratively that was going on in those sequences. Um, so, I you know, again, and I think this I is slightly important to say in general, we are going to have to split hairs as we kind of yeah. navigate this this ranking order, those would be the hairs I would split. I I, I disagree in some of that. In that, I I agree in that. I think the bat the 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 movement um and and the in the actual combat could be better, but more on a technical aspect in terms of feeling that you can get out of something. I felt that that added to kind of like Amicia's, even though she's battle worn she's not really uh battle she, she's not really good at fighting mm -hmm. not not like like you you would think a typical third uh third uh person action adventure kind of uh heroine would be so i those moments where, where those hordes coming in and it got a little difficult I, and, and i i kind of like that i kind of felt like you know i was on my last you know get, getting caught and 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 a guard coming and me having to run and still kind of have to avoid the dark areas with the fire like that's something that i grew into it. and for me maybe i just got so immersed into the game and story itself that that became less of an issue for me as game progressed it was very annoying at first i will give you that but for me i get it was just a thing where i got into it i'm like uh, it just felt everything just felt like it was feeding into the the, 
the story in a way yeah. that I really appreciated for what it was. But you're right. We do have to end up splitting hairs. I would say for now, we can just leave those top three on there for now. Okay. Um, well, I'll move it down to that, the three spot tentatively. Here, okay, yeah. And we'll yeah. just kind of see how the rest of the chips fall for the moment. Um, but we can, uh, we'll revisit it. Uh, I'm not saying that's where it's going to okay. stay, but we'll just kind of, based on that conversation, we'll, we'll leave it there for a second. So, yeah, so you... So how do you want to do you want to lock the top five in now? Um, I think I want to lock the bottom five, actually. That's cool. Okay. I think I think there's some games that kind of eked in, and I think those are probably the easiest to maybe order. Um, so here's here's kind of the thing. I, I'm glad that Horizon Forbidden West made this list. I think that was something I wasn't expecting. So the fact that it's even here, to me, is a victory in and of itself. So I'm cool with moving that to the 10 spot and then working our way up. That That sound okay? That sounds great. I bet it does. <laughs> nasty ass. All right. All right. Now it's already difficult. Um, okay. Currently on our list right now, listeners, we have Splatoon 3 at the 9 spot. I want to make an argument that maybe that's where it should stay. Um, and here's here's my pitch. I think that the game is great from, uh, you know, when it comes to its fun factor... I love the style represented, the self-expression that's represented, and I think that the the Splatoon world is just fucking cool. Yeah. The problem that I had with this game the most was that the single player campaign was like was god awful. And f- f- we're oh, three shit. games in. You've had some time to figure it out to make a, a campaign that is worthy of what Splatoon is really all about, and they have continued to butcher it by making these environmental puzzle-ass games that abandon everything that makes the multiplayer so fun and frenetic and enjoyable to just sit here and solve a bunch of ink puzzles. And I felt like, what a huge missed opportunity, especially as the third game in the series. And I'd say the second thing is the fact that, and this is less noticeable for people who are newer to the series, but they reuse a lot of maps and assets from Splatoon 2. So for someone who's well-seasoned with the series, this game can feel a little redundant in some respects. Um, so I think, again, I love that game to pieces. I'm not you know, tearing it to shreds here, but I, I don't mind it being on the low end of the list. But how do you feel? I mean, that's a whole ass mode on that game. That's bad. It is. And then not to mention the connectivity issues that the game has. Still has it, actually. Uh, still mm-hmm. has, yeah. I would almost be like, you want to switch that bitch around? Make Look at you liking Aloy, boy. I knew you liked her. I saw you checking her out. Okay. No, I just think, I just think like, <laughs> my, my reasons for my, my dis, not despise, but the, I don't like Horizon Forbidden West is purely on a taste thing. Okay. I mean, we're talking about technicalities on, on sure, Splatoon yeah, 3. Yeah, no. no, I understand. Yeah, not, not being very good. Right. Okay then. No. Okay, ho. Um, okay, ho. So that moves Splatoon three down to the ten spot. Okay, rising at nine. What are we thinking next, Pablo? I think God of War Ragnarok needs to be a little higher on this list. Interesting. So you think it's up in the it's it's in the 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 high five? Yeah, okay. five, six. All right. Let's see here. I'm moving it up. I'll just set it at the five spot for 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 the moment, and we'll just. Leave it there, and we'll talk about where in a second. Um, currently, we have neon, neon White is our number eight at the moment. Um, how do we feel about that? Is that is that feeling right? Should that go higher, lower? 
Personally, I think it should be over Ghostwire, but okay. I think that's that that would that opposed. would actually be something you would have to talk about because I mean <clears throat> you played both. I I've tried to play Ghostwire twice now recently. Uh, more uh, recently, I just tried Ghostwire for for a few hours, and I was hooked for a while, but then it just got to a point where I was like, I just kind of fell off a little bit. It just it, it, the Zen quality of that game that it does have actually veers into boredom for me sometimes okay. to where I, it just, it just feels a little bit like, uh, I got to do this and then go there and then cleanse this area to then move to this spot. And it just, which you I don't like to cleanse. I like the environment. You don't like to cleanse. You don't like to exfoliate. Come on, man. No, but I like, I like, I like, you know, I like the environment <laughs> when it starts raining. It is relaxing. It does have that, like you said, that Zen yeah. quality to it. But man, it starts veering into the repetitiveness, okay. and then the boredom starts to creep. No, in that's for totally me in that understandable. Um, I think Neon yeah. White, you know, in the context of our combined list, is is the far more fascinating game. There's really nothing else quite like it that I've played before. To be honest, I think the cringy story can be a little bit rough at times, whether it's intentional or not. Um, and I, I, I th- but it does birth some really cool characters. Like it did. Neon Yellow, it did. There was Mikey. some in, in, in the interesting twist with Neon Yellow that happened pretty early was yep. pretty shocking. I wasn't expecting that. Oh, yeah. It was almost like a. Oh, yeah. It was almost like the the Walking Dead Telltale games where it's like this person will remember that, but they actually like die immediately, and it's like, oh, you you well, you, you faked me out. Well, so. the, well, Neon Yellow, they were like kind of like, oh, this guy's way too nice. He's obviously the bad guy. He's obviously the Judas. Of they the did group. tease that. I remember then, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then it turns out he's just a really he's cool a dude, dude that gets killed because yeah. he was trying to be a bro. Uh, <laughs> trying to be a better that's bro. That's like, oh, Neon Yellow is a good dude. Man, rest <laughs> in peace. Um, okay, Marco. Marvel's Midnight Suns is a game that I, uh, even now, find myself pouring so many hours into. Uh, I think it's a game that is has a lot of brilliance into it and it has a whole lot of problems uh i think the stuff with the the, the mass effect e stuff the, and the abbey that stuff there are days because it goes by days day 32 day 30 you know so on and so forth there are days you wake up and there's so much interesting things that are going on and you're having these great conversations these amazing these amazing things are happening where it kind of changes the structure of how you actually approach approach a mission how you accept the mission how you play that out and then there's like 12 days of just nothingness boredom uh horrible mm. writing uh and, and it's just like oh my god and it's like you're building this crew and it's like they're so lame sometimes you're like it's hard i think for me on on uh, when i look at this list i feel it doesn't represent us fully if marvel midnight Suns is at four i um i think it should probably be at the bottom five like like below god of war i think okay maybe that's where it should be uh i anyway we could talk about it where that goes under that if you want to go even further with that um i'm kind of like with you with horizon forbidden west i'm really excited marvel's midnight suns on here it did win our most surprising game mm-hmm. and you know so i i appreciate that game being on here um I just, I, I, there's just a game on here that you haven't spoken about, and I know you've been really passionate about for a very long time, and I think that if you want to make a case for it to move up, I think it's, it, it's time now to talk about Stray. Yeah, so, you know, Stray for me was a game that ever since it was announced, I just had this feeling that um, it was going to be a pretty special game, you know, uh, in, 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 
in the critical consensus is very high on this game. I think it's the second highest rated game on Steam uh, at year end, which is pretty special. Uh, it was the most wish listed game on Steam. So it, it it's weird that it didn't, you know, it, people don't talk about it so much now. Um, but I think that's almost because it's such a short but sweet experience that it, it comes and goes. And I, But I, I think that that's also part of its strength, that in the five hours that it lasts, it, it does exactly what it intends to do. It is not a game that is filled with any sort of padding or, or bloat or fluff whatsoever. Um, and it does this all within um, an immensely immersive, um, lived-in city uh, with an interesting story that they don't hit over your head, um, you know. Essentially, you know, humanity falls, and 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 many many years later, uh, their robotic servants who still exist and are still active have kind of you know found themselves unsure of of how, how to proceed and how to move on and how to claim their own identity, uh, you know, after the human after the human race has has gone extinct. And so, you know, they're, they're looking for a way out, literally, uh, into the world, because um, they're blocked off, and they're looking for um, kind of hope and purpose. And, um, you know, one fine day, a, a stray cat kind of falls into this, this place um, and finds a droid that, you know, it, it ends up befriending, and the droid ends up being, it's, it's basically its mouthpiece uh, and its guide. And, um, you know, from there, it just kind of sets off into this really, um, you know, immersive and atmospheric experience um, through this this city to help these people uh, learn more about them and what happened to the human race and then ultimately try to help save them. Um, And uh, and then, you know, the happy ending of of the the cat getting getting a chance to return to the litter uh, when all was said and done. So I think it was just a, a mesmerizing game for me at every step. Um, and it's one that has really stuck to me, uh, ever since I finished it, I've, I've played it twice. It was just as good the first time around, uh, if not better now that I've had more time to kind of explore and, and, and read into some of the, uh, the contextual storytelling a bit deeper to get a better feel for the lore. But I think in general, Stray just really knocked me, uh, off my feet and, and in the best way possible. And, um, you know, I'm glad it's here. I'm not necessarily going to fight for a, you know, a super high spot per se. I'm I'm actually okay with where it is now at number 6 on the list. Well, I, uh, unless I, there's a compelling I, reason to move it up or down, but I'm well, I'm that very would be high on that, that game for the, the reason reason to move it up would be on you. I've already made my peace with Marvel Midnight Suns and I've admitted to you that the game has <clears throat> has big issues sometimes. Mm-hmm. And there are moments hours two hours, hour uh, of my time in that game that I am completely frustrated because of the storytelling decisions they make and the times that I'm not fighting uh, usually devolve into some kind of mm-hmm. frustration, some kind of, not boredom because they're boring, but just kind of like, sure. I wish I was in the battle. So I, from the looks of it to me, at least everything you said about Stray, I think Stray would sit better at five than Marvel Midnight Suns. You want to swap them? Just because... Okay. Yeah, it just doesn't say nothing about straight. You said that 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 makes you, you that makes you think that you didn't enjoy it as much as you know. For sure, enjoy it. Like uh, there's certain things about the game that I I, I barely played it. I, I played like an hour and a half, maybe, uh, maybe a little more. But I I, I it just it, it's just a, a thing where it's it's a game that really it doesn't require patience because it's, it's because it's hard. It's just it's a very it's a cat game. 
and it's very true to that. And so it's very like passive sometimes. And it just kind of for me, it, it's hard to keep my attention in this kind of games. But sure. one of the things you said about it that I thought was super interesting was how those robots are, are they, they know of the human race, but there aren't how their entire existence is like an homage to humans. It is, which yeah. Is that, they they dress super, a certain way or they try to they replicate do, yeah. humanity in a weird, like, a weirdly disconnected yeah, yeah. way, but it's almost endearing in a sense that they're trying to, like, oh, humans used to like listening to this kind of music or they went to this place called a bar, you know, and they try to, like, right. create this little community in this little hub world where they're they're yeah. they're trying to do their best impression of, of a human and it, it kind of works in this strange way. Yeah. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff is, like, it's quirky yeah. and it's that, that's the kind of stuff you don't, you're not going to find in Marvel's Midnight Suns. Yeah. It's that quirkiness. The, the, those, those little interesting story tidbits within the context of the story i i think it's i think that's super interesting um now i want to yeah i i want to put your feet over the the fire here while we got mid while we got midnight suns on our mind i want to ask you between midnight suns the good the bad and in the 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 gray we'll just say and your feelings about god of war ragnarok um (laughs) what I guess I'm going to make that an open-ended question, but but where are you at when you think about those two games uh, competing against each other? Um, and we talked about it a lot in God of War uh, Ragnarok. I, <clears throat> the love that I have for God of War Ragnarok, or the moments that I love, there's no moments like that in Marvel Midnight Suns. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, sure, there's, there's really cool moments that happen in Marvel Midnight Suns. But what I love about that game being Marvel Midnight Suns, I like the combat. I, I like some of the characterization of well-known, established characters. Or, or even new characters that you might not see a lot. Like Robbie being, um, uh, like Robbie himself. Like Magic. Like this portrayal of, of Blade. Like, I like seeing that. But love. Love certain aspects of the storytelling there's nothing of like that magnitude i I, god of war ragnarok for me is a game that i love when i loved it i loved it hard as shit and when i when i didn't it was just it it was very disappointing for me Mm -hmm. but yeah i i I think you know obviously all the obvious things you know uh kratos uh, relationship with atreus is is incredible i i think that it rivals joel uh joel and ellie i i think kratos evolution as a character from uh from the original games to what it is to what he is now to being the father figure uh mm-hmm. that made him a better man and then letting his son go so his son can now become his own man it, there are powerful things that happen within this game you know uh but hand in hand with that there are just moments that were c- completely could have been avoided. The game is called Ragnarok, and and mm-hmm. the moments of Ragnarok are so far and few between. You have this general uh, Kratos walking among his his army of five people. Like the fuck are you talking about? You're about to take on Odin, and the you, you're not showing me the 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 the, the grandiose battle that's about to happen and when that does actually happen yep. it, it's all happening in the in the background and then as as much as they come in that as quick they all go away and it's still just the four of you there at the end of it all so it's it, it, there's a lot of moments in this this game is just full of incredible moments good and bad it's just for me there's my 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 feelings for the game kind of my mo- emotional state 
uh, I have more invested in God of War Ragnarok than I do in Marvel Midnight Suns. Yeah, I mean, I guess to an uh, extent that's unavoidable. I mean, we're talking about a Marvel game, you know. I mean, there's there's only so yeah, much but, emotionality but, but, but I mean, you're gonna get out of a. Well, that's not entirely true. I mean, last year's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, but I don't uh, know if I would call that an emotional, you know, journey. No, where but God there of were War is. there were emotional. Well, yeah, but there are emotional moments with Peter and his daughter, and uh, finding that sure. the, that it's not his daughter. Like there are moments like that, and that that can I I I, I, I okay, for so one he, he, think. Let me just explain this real fast. I I guess what I'm saying is I don't think that, and I'm not saying you're doing this, but I I don't think that Marvel's Midnight Suns. Versus God of War, this hypothetical matchup here. I don't think it's it's less than because it isn't trying to create emotional moments no. that God of War is. Um, so I, I I think that they should still be on equal footing, even if Marvel's yeah, not trying no, to you know tap into parenthood but, and you know yeah no 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 I know and and that and that uh, even that stuff aside like the combat stuff I I I just like playing God of War more okay. I, I like playing the action adventure uh, gotcha. you know beat em ups with with I like the new weapon I like all that stuff I I think God of War Ragnarok does a lot to improve the formula of 2018 God of War it's just its story is 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 what kind of fails it um, at least for me that's it, it, but I think. When I look at my games, um, there is a clear divide mm-hmm. in, in 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 terms of how I am ranking these games. Uh, this sounds corny, like within my heart, like <laughs> how emotional <laughs> or how much I love them. There's a clear divide, sure. and 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 for me, uh, it, and we'll see it on my list. It, it happens very, uh, early on. Uh, Marvel Midnight just misses that part where it's, I'm not as emotionally invested okay. in that game as I would be in other ones. But all right then, um, so then let's let's approach the let's approach this list like this right now, right? So I think I think we're about to do for a refresh for the listeners anyway. Let's explore the bottom five that we currently have, which is six through ten. That is Marvel's Midnight Suns at six, Neon White at seven, Ghostwire Tokyo at eight. Horizon Forbidden West at nine and Splatoon three at ten. Is there anything that stands out um, where that should not be the order, or one of those games should be in the upper five, or are we content? Um, yeah, I think. Do you have any? Not me. No, I'm good. So, if we can lock in the bottom five, then I think then we just have to make sure we're cool on the order of the top five, and then we're we're home free. So let me. No, I like it. Okay. I I think I think that that's good. Okay. Honestly. So then we have the bottom five locked for the moment, just in case. Um, so then we get to the upper five. Currently, <clears throat> our upper five is Elden Ring at one, Xenoblade Chronicles three at two, A Plague Tale Requiem at three, God of War Ragnarok at four, and Stray at five. Uh, anything you want to move up or down? I'm. I'm negotiable. If there's anything that you're okay, passionate look, for, talk to me. I. <clears throat> Why are you smirking? Man? Like, Why are you smirking? No, because it's hard. Because I, it's it's difficult. Because I don't, I, I don't even entirely understand why I feel this way. But I, I feel like Plague Tale Requiem should be number two on this list. Um, okay, talk to me. <clears throat> it's just I, I obviously the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, of Amicia and Hugo, the the way that that game ends, uh, what happens in Lacuna after you know Amicia and 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 Hugo's mother uh, mother uh, perishes, 
it, it, it just after that it just doesn't stop. The 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 last what two three hours of that game are, in my opinion, almost like perfect storytelling. Uh, and I think Xenoblade Chronicles three has that going for it all the way until chapter six when Mio dies and revives and comes back. Uh, I think after that happens, I think everything after that is good. It's great, but it just isn't as good as as what it was. And for me, I just feel like the consistency in that story, uh, the villains get worse in, in, in you know, the Chronicles 3 as time goes by. Like, you appreciate them, and then all of a sudden, they're like, damn, they're really getting, like, getting to it. They're really getting into, the, like, you like you said, mustache twirling the motherfuck out of the uh, <laughs> out of that hair. Uh, okay. I, I think, I think, you know, I think the game loses a little bit of, um, how do you call it? How would you say? It loses a little bit of oomph. I think after Emil comes back, because it's like that 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 moment is so amazing. But then again, I'm over here kind of racking my mind. Like, that's the most amazing moment of the year. Why wouldn't that game be at number two? I don't know. I I I, I found myself in, in, in kind of fighting with myself uh, with all these games here. Uh, so I don't. I that's kind of all I have for that. I I I don't know why exactly I feel the way I feel. Even those you know, Bay Chronicles. Okay. Xenoblade Chronicles 3, I think, starts to devolve into this formulaic... The, let me rephrase. The open world of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is very uninteresting to me. And so it became a run to this point, run to this point, run to this point, run to this point, after about 35, 45 hours in for me. Like, I kind of stopped doing side missions. I just didn't feel... Um, the payoffs for the side missions were were great. You would get new characters, but then when you had this huge, incredible story moment, that character wouldn't be in that involved in there, even though you had to create this kind of relationship, playing fifteen hours with them uh, by your side. Um, I think the game is very ambitious in that way, but I don't think it pays off all the time. And then it just for me just kind of hit the hit the uh, X button down and run, uh, or a circle or reboot, whatever button down and run from. From that point, waypoint to that waypoint, cutscene to that waypoint, cutscene to that waypoint, and that quickly became the most uninteresting part of that game for me. Uh, fairly, you know, and I say quickly, even though we're talking about forty-five hours in here. I mean, it's a long-ass game, uh, and so I never felt like that with uh, with Plague Tale. Though I would say environmental puzzles, there's a lot of that going mm-hmm. on, but I, I, I felt ultimately. It wasn't as invasive or as boring as that part of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 got for me. Okay. Well, that's all fair. Um, you know, I, I agree on some levels and I've, obviously I disagree on others. Um, I think that one of the most rewarding things for me was actually exploring a lot of those open areas and finding a lot of locations within there that were off the beaten path that were actually very different and looked very different. Oh, for, Xen- for Xenoblade Chronicles? Yeah, yeah, for Xenoblade. Um, I think a lot of the side content actually for me was um, borderline essential because of the narrative uh, interconnectivity with other things that were going on, uh, especially with a lot of those colonies that we we were freeing up um, a lot of the the side companions. I think the the ultimate payoff for for recruiting all those people um, came in the form of the final was boss fight. 
because you know everybody that you were able to recruit as an add-on character then was yeah. able to come in and pitch in and help you uh, take out the the final boss, which was a really like fist-pumping moment for me because it made a lot of that 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 labor of getting those people to join up. But a lot of them were optional and a lot of them were very hard to find. Um, it made that that effort worth it because that gave me an advantage later in the game, um, you know, in a way that I wasn't expecting it to try to do. Um, so I think it added more of an epic all hands on deck kind of moment in that last fight, which I thought was really rewarding for me. And I agree. I, I did a lot of it. I mean, mind you, I, it took me 77 hours to beat the game. Mm-hmm. So I, it's not like I beat it in 60 or I beat it quick. I took me, you know, almost 80 to, to, to beat that bitch. I did a lot of it and I got a lot of that at the end. Mm-hmm. It's just, I <clears throat> here, I think it's, it, it's, it's an issue of its own uh, creation in that I love that story so much that I wanted to see what was next. Mm-hmm. You know, the end of chapter five was fucking amazing. And I just wanted to get through the end of chapter six to see the next. End of chapter two was amazing. End of chapter three and four, like all these chapter bookends were like fucking an ending to any other RPG out there. Yeah. Uh, almost. Uh, and so I kind of, that was like just creation on the mind. I think that Plague Tale, we, we talked about here in terms of like how you, you, you talked about Stray and Ghostwire Tokyo. I don't think, I, I, I think it's a little bit long in the two sometimes but it didn't overstay its welcome either so there's that going for it yeah i mean um, I, but ultimately i think that having a playtale at number two is fine with me i don't find it to be an offensive rank um i think that the the combat quirks and stealth quirks aside it is a really emotionally charged story and we covered a lot of that in in part one with you know best character discussions best moment discussions best story discussions i mean it was uh, a mainstay in those categories for a reason um and ultimately i think that you know a pound for pound it is a, a top three worthy game so i'm not i'm not at all bothered okay. by it being at the number two spot now that we've kind of contextualized so let me ask you- this a little bit more what's up so let me ask you a question mm-hmm if this was if this was up to you, yeah. would you have Elden Ring below Xenoblade Chronicles Chronicles Three? Um, not necessarily. Um, you know, I I I think Elden Ring belongs at the top spot personally. Um, for yeah, for for too. this list, I think that the way that game, um, just kind of takes you in and whisks you away. In that in that adventure, it's it's the epitome of 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 a role playing game. It is the epitome of an adventure. I mean, it, every step you take in that game is introducing you to something you had no idea about. Um, there's so many marvels in that game. The things you see, uh, the places you stumble into, um, and it's not all just this cutthroat killathon. Sometimes it, the game does no, let no, let no. you breathe a little bit. And lets you get your bearings. Um, it is unforgiving, but in a fair way. And I, I think that um, this is I, probably, to me, the most accessible Souls game to play because of its open-endedness. And you don't have to rush into things in a particular order. Uh, and I think that just let me approach the game at a pace that was comfortable with me. It let me soak in the sights and sounds and the world, even if the world's lore and, and exposition made absolutely no fucking sense. Um, I still found myself constantly immersed and, and astonished uh, the, the further I got into that game. Yeah. It, it's one of the, it's one of the, you know, a lot of games when you're leveling up, it means nothing means everything. In Elden here. ring. 
leveling means everything. And I, you know, people will talk about, well, you know, Elden Ring is inspired by Breath of the Wild, and that's probably true. But for me, Breath of the Wild, it was a constant stream of rewards that it gave you. If you found a mountain peak and you managed to get yourself up there, it was a chest with rupees or something that you can use right now Elden Ring didn't hold your hand like that you can fight through a hellscape for hours reach the final thing and it's like a sword you can't even wield because you're not strong mm-hmm. enough and it's one of those things where it's like but you still feel accomplished and you still got the sense of adventure you still got through that catacomb you still were able to do what you needed to do and it felt that felt like a game within itself there so it's yeah Elden Ring is, is undoubtedly the game of the year for me so I think it's only right here that it probably should stay here as our top spot. Yeah, I agree. It should be our number one for sure. Um, yeah. All right. Um, Pablo, is there anything else that's that's standing out that we need to discuss, that we need to order? No, I I, 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 I like Plague Tale. I, I like Xenoblade. I love them both. Okay. It, do you feel good with that? Mm-hmm. Do you feel with Plague at 2 and sure. Geno at 3? Yeah, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Um, all right. All right. So I think we're we ready to lock this in. We got our list. Yeah. Yeah, I think we got it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cooldown Times Top 10 Games of 2022. The 10 best and most beloved games of the year, according to our personal and combined beliefs. Coming in at number 10 is Splatoon 3. Coming in at number 9 is Horizon Forbidden West. At number 8, Ghostwire Tokyo. At number seven, Neon White. At number six, Marvel's Midnight Suns. At number five is Stray. At number four is God of War Ragnarok. At number three is Xenoblade Chronicles 3. At number two is A Plague Tale Requiem. And coming in at number one, as the best game of 2022, according to your friends at Cooldown Time, is Elden Ring. Pablo, that was a good time. That was a good time. I enjoyed yeah. that. I think we have a solid list here. Looks good. Feels right. Um, I can't wait for us to hate it in six months and try to revise it <laughs> in a future episode of the show. Uh, hopefully when you're off your breathing tube. Um, so, Pablo, we're not done yet. Listeners, we're not done no, yet. No. Don't don't hit don't hit the stop button. Don't go listen to something else. We're still here because we still need to unveil our personal top ten games of the year. And I think this is where it's going to be the most interesting for me and Pablo to figure out where everything ranks with us on a personal level. We've been keeping these secrets all year long, and it's finally time to lift the veil and expose the list. That's all. We're not exposing anything else. Don't get any weird ideas. Um, hey. So what we're going to do here, Pablo, uh, we talked a lot about these games already just through com- our combined list, but I still want us to kind of walk through uh, our top 10, list out the games, list out why. And we also have honorable mentions that we need to uh, go ahead and run through as well. Uh, we have five of those to be exact. So here's what we're going to do. Pablo, uh, we're going to both take turns reading through our five honorable mentions. You're going to read yours all at once. I'm going to read mine all at once. And then once we do that, we'll go back around again and you'll run through your top 10 games of the year from 10 to one. And I will do the same. Uh, Do you want to go first or do you want your boy to go first with the honorable mentions portion? What are you thinking here? What do you want? 
I'll go. Let me go first. Okay. Um, so here's here's Pablo's five <clears throat> honorable mentions before we get to the top. Do you 10. want me to rattle them off or, or kind of give a little reasoning? A little bit of, of reasoning. I, I have some. Rattle them off. Yeah, give, me, okay. give me some context. Yeah, Last of Us Part Two is my number fifteen. Part uh, two I'm or one? That way. I'm oh, sorry. Part one. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Last of Us Part One. Are, are yours in order? Uh, yes. Okay, my too. Okay, so La- Last of Us Part One. Uh, for all the reasons we talked about earlier, uh, I think obviously what they did graphically here was make that game uh, relevant uh, in 2022 and beyond. It looks better than even part two. Uh, obviously, that story is still fucking amazing. It's incredible. And being able to see the emotionality uh, within uh, Joel and Ellie's face in a, in a way that was there before, but not as good. Uh, just kind of brought a whole level to that game that I really uh, was really into. And, uh, of course, Last of Us Part 2 makes my list Part there. 1. Part uh, 1. Part 1. I keep saying Part 2 because I'm a dummy. You is. Uh, and I have it written down here as The Last of Us Part 1 as well. So I, I also am illiterate. Um <laughs> uh, Number 14, Vampire Survivor. Uh, you know, it, it is an addictive game, a game that I still go back to and I play, you know, maybe once or twice a week. Um, when I have those really dope runs, there's, there's, it, it feels really fun to, 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 to really go through that and get, uh, and kill all these, uh, monsters and, and, and just kind of feel unstoppable. Uh, it's just a fun, a fun game to play at that point. Um, number 13, Neon White. Mm, um, it's, what you it, doing, man? Yeah. What you doing? <laughs> yeah. Listen, when I, when I started going through my games, I was like, you know what? I have to really look at, again, the love falls off real quick. And there's like a lot of games that I really enjoyed really hard and, 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 and liked quite a bit. Okay. Uh, Neon White is a game that, I really loved hard early on, and then towards the end, I I, I fell off I fell off of it a little bit. I ended up finishing it, but it was just one of those things where it was it just didn't feel the same anymore. Like it was like it got a little too complex. The story devolved into a little more nonsense. It just wasn't all there for me anymore, like it was early on. Uh, and number twelve. Uh, it's returned to Monkey Island. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. Look, you know, again, the fun factor is there. Uh, the story stuff is there, but I feel like there were other games that I enjoyed my time with even more. Uh, and I really, I really, I don't take any particular thing. In, in, in I don't have like a a specific method, but this year more than anything. Uh, there are games that I played that were just fun, and it was really hard for me to get over how fun those games were and how my experience was during that time. And I and and I just felt there's games on my list that just got a little better in when it came to that uh, aspect of it. Okay, number eleven. Uh, this might surprise you a little bit, uh, just because we barely talked about it. Uh, but I still love it with all my heart. Overwatch 2 mm. uh, is my 11 game. Uh, struggled it with, with it being 10 or 11, but uh, my number 10 won out uh, at the end of the day. Uh, but Overwatch 2, man, I I um, I don't know. I I'm not. I don't really follow too much uh, 
the Overwatch Twitter per se. So I don't know how people really feel today about it. Uh, I do think the, the the five v five is better than the six. Ultimately, I feel the I think that the game has better a, a better kind of pace to it. Uh, it just unfortunately when you're playing with people who don't play their roles, it, it becomes a lot more frustrating than the game should be. But once you're playing with people who know what they're mm-hmm. doing. There's a there's not a lot of multiplayer games out there this year, last year, year before, year after to come that can reach the levels of of fun when you're really uh, in a competitive Overwatch two game with a team that knows what the fuck is up. But yeah, that's my honorable mentions. Those were all five. Yeah. Okay. Can you summarize them one more time for the people? <laughs> Yeah, number 15, The Last of Us Part 1. Number 14, Vampire Survivor. Number 13, Neon White. Number 12 is Return to Monkey Island. And number 11, Overwatch 2. I got to say, like three of those, I thought, maybe two, maybe two of them, I thought were a sure shot in the... In the I thought after our Part 1, you were going to cape hard for Vampire Survivors. I thought that was going to crack your 10. And I thought for sure Return to Monkey Island was going to be in there. I thought that was going to be the Pablo-ass game. And, and they were there. And they were there for Man. a long... <coughs> They were for a long time, but <clears throat> there are three games at the bottom of my list mm-hmm. that I just had way too much fun to, to complete. It, it, it just, it's, I, I said this this year on the podcast, there's still something to be said about fun mm-hmm. when you're playing, talking about video games. And that's something that weirdly enough, a lot of people don't talk about in, in video games. It's a fucking video <laughs> game. Fun is fun. And I just had way more fun with the other three games on my bottom where these games were. Uh, uh, before. So okay. we'll talk about that when it gets there for me. All right. Time for me. Go ahead and tag in with my honorable mentions uh, and I'll Go run through it. my five. I have them in order as well. Um, okay. Strap in, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no. Number 15, which is the uh, the bottom honorable mention. God of War Ragnarok. Oh, my God. This son of a bitch. I knew it. With outstanding visuals, performance, sound design, voice acting, the sheer quality and polish of God of War Ragnarok can't be denied. But sadly, the tale of Kratos and Atreus suffers greatly from lethargic pacing, poor UI, bad map design, underwhelming skill and leveling systems, bland enemy encounters... Uh, plot MacGuffins, a toothless rendition of Ragnarok that undermined the 30-hour buildup, culminating in what to me was a meandering sequel that really fell short of its aspirations of excellence. Um, so that is my bottom. God of War Ragnarok is is at the bottom of the list, I know. The Band-Aid is getting Why ripped. we started like this, man? Strap in again, ladies and gentlemen, because the next oh, no. game in my honorable mentions list is Splatoon 3. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm serious. I told you. I told you all year. Get ready. All right. So Splatoon 3 is is at the 14 spot for the reasons uh, I'm about to say here. Pablo's getting a bottle of water. I think he's going to dump it on his head. Uh, (laughs) All right. So here. Here's here's what it is. Um, Serving is... It serves as the ultimate refinement of of the time-tested formula. Uh, And I think for that reason, it kind of... 
you know, captured my heart and many other fans' hearts, uh, you know, when it came out earlier this year. And for good reason. It's a lot of fun um, it, with its refined multiplayer meta, its undeniable style, its surprising attention to self-expression. I think Splatoon 3 was unquestionably the year's best multiplayer experience. However, I really feel like the reuse of so many Splatoon 2 assets and the atrocious single-player campaign and card game resulted in a somewhat redundant problem product that wasn't the leap forward that I felt like it should have been. So that's why I have it at the uh, 14 spot for me. Coming in at number 13 is Signalis, uh, featuring nostalgic PS1 era art design, old school survival horror elements, a surreal atmosphere, contextual storytelling, chilling sound design, and clever puzzles. Uh, Signalis really came out of left field for me as one of the most imaginative games to come out, uh, both as an indie game and just in general. Um, although I will say the latter moments of the game kind of falter due to inconsistent pacing, repetition, and some rigid inventory management problems, I still think that overall Signalis was an engaging uh, homage to the best <coughs> horror games of yesteryear. Uh, so that's why it's my number 13. Uh, coming in at the 12 spot of my honorable mentions portion is As Dusk Falls. Um, with a bold art direction, branching story paths, and an emphasis on accessibility, I think As Dusk Falls delivered a standout story that really delved uh, greatly into family drama, marital issues, financial desperation, PTSD, and just coping with the mistakes of the past. But unfortunately, uh, as I said earlier, the second half of As Dusk Falls fails to maintain the momentum of its electrifying opening salvo. Uh, and I think that, along with its limp cliffhanger ending, sort of relegated As Dusk Falls to a good yet flawed starting point for what I hope will be uh, a long-running series in the future. Um, up next, in my honorable mentions, the, uh, the top honorable mention, as it were, is Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, at a time when Pokemon was its most stagnant and stubborn, I really felt like Pokemon Legends Arceus was the breath of fresh air that the series and its fans really needed, myself included. Uh, between all the quality of life improvements, the expansive open world, the relaxing pace, the Pokeball mechanics, the faster battles, I really felt that the culmination of Pokemon Legends Arceus was that it was just a fun and comfortable evolution of the formula that we know and love, uh, and a true delight to play up until its lackluster finale, uh, which I think kind of bogged it down for me uh, at, at home stretch. But Pablo, those are my honorable mentions. You look like you've been through a tornado. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure, I I I thought Splatoon would make your top ten, uh, but were you, you here? You we didn't seem too surprised about Ragnarok, though. What was? You, did you have a feeling? Oh well, yeah, I had a feeling on Ragnarok a little bit. In that, uh, I know some of the stuff that bothered you bothered me, but it really bothered yeah. you. Uh, so I, and I do think that the, some things kind of, I, I think one aspect of that game just lifted that game up to like the high heavens for mm -hmm. me. So, 
Uh, expect to hear on my list here, but uh, we'll start with number ten. Number ten is uh, Splatoon three. Hey. Uh, with just the lockers. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, look, uh, the game loop of three minutes uh, is just some of the best multiplayer uh, stuff of the year. I mean, they really nailed down the just the ease of access uh, of of going into those games, having a good time, and not overstaying his welcome. Not having it be a, a a ten minute battle of just you know, back and forth, where it's just like you get out there, you do what you got to do, and if you, if you know what you're doing, it's going to be a good time for you. And I just really love Hospital Two and Three, um, how they nailed that it's so beautifully, and I really like it. I, 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 I admittedly, I, I'm, t- I'm approaching this just from the multiplayer sure. aspect of it and some of the social stuff. Uh, I, I know single player is bad, but I do, I do think the multiplayer of it is, is it's, it's main. It's its main thing, and I think that is good enough for it to be on my top ten. My number nine, uh, po- no, it's Pokemon Scarlet uh, okay. Violet for me. You know, I it's a game that I uh, a lot like Arceus for for Marco, but even more so for me. It, it's a game that really has its uh, its its the technical issues, but everything else about that game I really loved. I I, I think the open world stuff is a little bit uh, gimmicky because how there, there's no level uh, uh, level progression. Oh, level scaling. It, yeah. Yeah, no level scaling. Uh, and so there is a set pass you have to take to take the best advantage. The way I played it, uh, you guys can judge me if you want, is I printed out a thing where I wrote down a thing of the order in which the game should go and I played it that way. And let me tell you, I had the time of my fucking life. I loved everything. I loved the the stories uh, that that game told, as cheesy and corny as they were, I do feel that they were trying, and I, I and just the battle system, I I always I think that the improvements that they made within the systems are small, but are 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 still entertaining enough and good enough to where it feels uh, like a great. Uh, uh, turn-based RPG, uh, which is something that I'm gaining a lot more love for again in my later years. Uh, so uh, that's that's a huge part of it. Number eight, let's talk about fun. And it's just a game that I couldn't get out of my head. A game that I went back to, a game that I was caught myself up just playing hours of it again. And it's a game that I think, honestly... It's underappreciated, and I think I should have probably fought for it a little bit more in our award show. And that's Sniper Elite 5. Damn! Um, <laughs> Holy <yeah>. shit! <laughs> Dude, Sniper Elite 5 is has some of the best uh, level uh, design of the year. Uh, it has some of the best player-created moments of the year. Uh, the synchronization between sounds that can mask your gun, the 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 AI of the uh, of of the Nazis or the, the enemy types in that game does vary, but they're usually really good, especially if you're playing the harder difficulties. Uh, I think that the game really shines in the harder difficulties because of the gun, the bullet drop velocity, and all that. And you can really take your time. This isn't a game that you go out there guns a blazing. You will 
it, it's not fun that like that at all. If you really come into it with that patience and really look at it like a puzzle piece, uh, you know, some people have compared it to uh, Hitman Three or Hitman in that way. I think it has some of that for sure. But I, I, I do think if you're really patient with it, and not only just trying to kill everybody in the area, but trying to pick off the deaths in a way where it's like, okay, if I drop this body here, this person will eventually find it, but not yet because their patrol is late and little things like that really resonate with me and really just made this game one hell of a time uh and i i played it i almost replayed through it the whole thing uh last couple of weeks uh, for the second time and that would be that sniper elite five wow. for me okay 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 i love that game man it just it, it really is it really is fun like at the end of the day as well so number seven marvel snap Obviously, I've, we talked about Marvel Snap uh, already on the show, but man, it's it's checkers, not chess approach to uh, its card game mechanics. It's easy access to understanding it. Uh, the, the whatever the card says, it does. It does. You can stack it. You can use mathematics. You can use strategy to make more of that. But you don't have to. Uh, you know, uh, you, you don't have to. You any deck is viable. Uh, people listening who are hardcore will disagree. But listen, I, I I've done it for. For, for achievements and I went or achievements for uh for the uh battle pass achievements yeah to go out there with just a one deck cards with just uh one level characters and I and I and I and I was killing it with that shit as long as you know what you're doing you're using the locations to the best of your ability Marvel Snap is a incredible game to 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 play uh and it is again another game that I just had a one hell of a time playing. Number six, it's my list. I can do what I want. Lost Judgment Kaito Files oh, is my number six game of the, the year. Rules. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, look, this, it, it, all, all this game needed, and here's my and here's my reasoning. All this game needed was to be standalone, like just them release it standalone, mm-hmm. and it would have qualified. And that's that little. That's how small of a thing. It needed to qualify here, and I just went ahead and put it through because for me, narratively, is one of the it's one of the best stories of the year. Uh, I think what they did with the character with Kaito, and, and we talked about this in the show already, making this this person uh, just that that was dressing was was the was the brute of, of the crew making him a lovable character and making him potentially possibly hopefully the lead of the series going forward and and he added so much to that story so much to the world of lost judgment that i felt was needed with because yagami is such a cool guy you know and I, I i when you look at uh uh with, with kaito files and you look at um like a dragon, uh, Ichiban, and how those guys are lovable doofuses in a way, but when they need to get serious, they can. A dichotomy between those personalities is amazing, and I think that they tapped into that with, with Kaido here, and I hope that this is just uh, Lost Judgment Kaido is the beginning to more of the Lost Judgment franchise starring Kaito, uh, hopefully. Uh, let's get here to our right, top five. My number five is Marvel Midnight Suns. Um, you know, my our, my biggest surprise of the year, the show's biggest surprise of the year, based on kind of my opinions about the, the game itself. I, I feel the game itself, it being uh, turn-based strategy, it, I keep saying those are not my kind of games, but I think I have to just admit they probably are yeah. my kind of games now with three houses into the breach, 
uh, Sparks of Hope, which didn't make our list, but you know, it's still a solid game. I think I like those games. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, I think Marvel uh, Midnight Suns is going to go down as one of the top tier strategy games uh, of the last couple of years because of its utilization of environmental hazards, uh, very interesting ways that they don't block movements as a part of your play. Like you can freely move for a couple of, you know, uh, about two times anywhere you want throughout the map. The, the, the bad guy can as well. The enemies can as well. And so it makes it interesting and makes it uh, a little bit more action heavy because you can actually grab people throw them into other people it really utilizes the superhero aspect of it you know with hulk smashing people into other people visually it looks really Mm -hmm. dope uh it's just it's a great use of the license and we have to start respecting marvel games because last year with uh, guardians of the galaxy a game that we didn't really think much of it it ended up being one of the better games of the year for us and i think marvel is such an important uh IP right now that a lot of people are taking it and and making some serious shit with it and I think Midnight Suns qualifies as one of that uh, one of those for sure. Number four, God of War Ragnarok. Uh, look, all warts and everything aside, the story of Atreus and 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 Kratos. Uh, admittedly, I became a father this year to a son, uh, so that is all over this man. That that's. That my shit is all over this shit in that way. Like it's it <laughs> just the moments that uh Kratos has shared with Atreus throughout seeing that relationship grow and seeing uh a side of Kratos that has let himself become a more loving father to uh to to Atreus is really just it's really some of the best writing I've seen in games character wise. Uh and how I'm still amazed and I think this is kind of uh people have talked to death about this already, but it's still amazing seeing Kratos from the original trilogy and seeing Kratos now still feels like the same person, but it, it, the writing has allowed for me to believe that this person who was once this maniac, threesome having, calliope screaming son of a gun, come out here and be uh, a father uh, to another god and not only give his experiences as what a god is, but kind of show his son the path to righteousness in a way that uh, that a lot of games don't really go so deep into those relationships, you know? So I, I, I love and appreciate it for that. Number three, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I think we we're, uh, we, we shaped here into what how we're feeling about games. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is an exceptional JRPG. I'm going to go ahead and say this, probably one of the best JRPGs of the last couple of years. For me, better than Persona Five. Fight me. Uh, uh, I, I love. I love this oh, game. I, I love the story. I love the characters. <laughs> uh, I love everything that this game does in ways that really, uh, you know, I, I, some of my find cliche and some aspects, but I, I don't think they're cliche. I think they really uh, go anti uh, a lot of anime tropes in a lot of ways, you know, uh, and those relationships. It's hard. You know, I played Tales of the Rise last year, and it's hard to have a, 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 a set of people that you care about equally almost. And, you know, I can't even tell you about that in Tales of the Rise. I can't remember, but I have a feeling that I'm going to remember Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and that crew for a long time and how they how they started as enemies, evolved into frenemies, and just became like a unit at the end of it, especially when they became together in Ouroboros and all that stuff. And just the, the story between Neo and Mio, uh, 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 Noah and Mio, oh my god. I mean, it's that's just some of the best storytelling you're going to find there. And it's just 
I love it, man. The will that will it not kiss. Oh, so romantic. I love it. Um, <laughs> all right. Number two, Plague Tale Requiem, uh, for all the reasons that we talked about here. I mean, look, it's it's some of the best storytelling, uh, the relationship between brother and sister, and just seeing Amicia's frustration with her realization that she's unable to protect Hugo in the way that a big sister should be able to protect her little brother. And then just Hugo himself. Come up, bro. Hugo won in, in the first game was annoyance. I felt the same way at the beginning of two, and man, Hugo really came uh, together. And then they also introduced uh, 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 characters. Luke is coming back and all that, and and they were equally as good, man. Flawed characters with problems of their own, bringing into this, making this crew of. Of, of misfortuned people and just coming out on top at the end of it, or at least as much as you can, uh, in, in a story that is amongst the best, in my opinion, the best narrative of the year. Uh, and that goes to, yeah, play till record. And number one, Elden Ring. I mean, look, that's not a surprise to anybody. Probably the least thing that I have to say about is Elden Ring. We've been talking about Elden Ring since day one. Uh, I do have something to say about that in that we had a predictions episode uh, where I said Elden Ring would make Marco's top 10. We are about to see if that's the case. I'm guessing that we did see that. And I said it wouldn't be 9 or 10. And this motherfucker better not switch that up right now and make that game 9 or 10. So my number 15 game uh, of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, that's my top 10 list. Let's go over it one more time so we know yes. here. Number 10, Splatoon 3. Number 9, Pokemon Scarlet. Number 8, Sniper Elite. 5. Number 7, Marvel Snap. Number 6, Lost Judgment, Kaito Files. Number 5, Marvel Midnight Suns. God, number 4, God of War Ragnarok. Number 3, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Number 2, Plague Tale Requiem. And number 1, Elden Ring. First of all, I said it last week, I'll say it this week. You a cold piece of work. You know why? Because the top 4 games of our combined 2022 list <laughs> is the same shit in your personal list you manipulative hey. some of them a bitch no listen i gave you the opportunity to switch to Blade chronicles and play till i did realize this that wasn't my intention but i did realize i did you Diabolical. almost talked me into moving marvel slime marvel midnight suns up to five so that would have been even oh, worse this was real no, but i but Sniper Elite 5. I almost shit out a sniper bullet just now. It almost fell right out. <laughs> <laughs> there, I, I am sure there's no list, there's no game on your list that I'm going to be like, what the fuck? Like, hate in okay. terms of like, I hated that game. Uh, but I know you dislike Sniper Elite that 5. That was shocking. And I thought I that'd be an honorable it. mention. I did not think it was going to be. I, I, I get it, but it, it was number Oof. eight on my list. I, dude, I'm telling you, man, it is just a. The, 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 the world building, the, the the level design does not get enough credit. The motherfuckers are expansive, and you can go anywhere on that map, anywhere, anytime you want. And it is, it's awesome. The only thing expansive it's all, it's awesome. is your level of manipulation for this combined <laughs> list. That was. Okay, let me ask you one more question before I, I jump in with mine. Yeah, sure, sure, what sure, was sure. the hardest yeah. game for you to rank? In your in, in uh, top 10 honorable mentions, just war, in general. Gotta wear Ragnarok. Really? Yeah, that was my that that was my hardest one because you know that again like I love that story so mm-hmm. much that I love it more than Xenoblade Chronicles. I thought I did, but ultimately I didn't. Um, honestly, I, it's between God of War Ragnarok and Plague Tale Requiem. Um, 
those were the ones that were the hardest mm. ones for me because to, I had Blake Tail Requiem at one point at number six, you know, number five uh, around there, and ultimately it just be, it, it just became pretty apparent to me that that's one of the stories that is the story that stuck with me the most that made me the most kind of not emotional because it doesn't really mean anything all the time, but it, I think it was the best written one, the one that I felt the most invested in, and really at the end of it all, when 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 Amicia has to do that to Hugo. That is that that was hard. That was shocking, and I I know I I'm not there yet as a father having to let your son go to be his own man. That didn't impact me as much as you know I have a little brother myself, and having to do that to a little brother or sibling, you know, is unthinkable. It wasn't unthinkable but, to throw pine cones at him. <laughs> well, he deserved it because he appreciated. Damn, see what I'm saying? <laughs> Cold piece of work. All right. Pablo, I'm going to go ahead and jump in with my top 10 games of 2022. This is my personal list. Uh, And you can also fight me with your hands if you got a problem with it. But here we go. Okay. Coming in at number 10 is Neon White. If Jumping Flash and Suda51 smashed, went raw, and had a baby, it would be Neon White. With its pinpoint, precise platforming. With its pinpoint, precise platforming. Brilliant boss fights, unparalleled art style, an incredible form-fitting soundtrack. The quality and flair of Neon White cannot be understated. Um, Although its writing and plot progression left something to be desired by the time the credits rolled, didn't really change the fact that for me, Neon White was undoubtedly one of the most uh, unique, brilliantly designed, and ultimately best games I played in 2022. So number 10, Neon White. Okay. Coming in at number nine, the Callisto Protocol. Oh, my God. Critical consensus be damned. The Callisto Protocol was a satisfying thrill ride for me that delivered on its promise to provide a new and brutally fun brand of sci-fi horror. Its breathtaking presentation, its stunning sound design, intense melee combat all overcame its occasional difficulty spikes and by-the-numbers story. Uh, The end result for me was an outstanding horror title that provided 12 hours of pure, gory-ass bliss. Dead Space, this is not, but to me, that's perfectly okay. So number nine, The Callisto Protocol. Oh my God. Coming in at number eight. Over God of War! (laughs) What? I said over God of War! Oh yeah, I don't care. Coming in at number eight is Norco. One of the most evocative and imaginative games released in 2022 came in the form of this bizarre yet pleasantly obscure point-and-click adventure. Uh, Featuring an eclectic cast of characters and a surreal pixel art atmosphere, Norco effortlessly combined socioeconomic commentary, religion, sci-fi, family dynamics, and flashes of humor to tell a weird, well-written, and entrancing story for the ages, uh, and one of my favorites of the last several years, by far. So Norco is my number eight. Coming in at number seven is The Last of Us Part One. Uh, with its mind-blowing visuals, 3D audio support, DualSense support, AI improvements, and stunning suite of accessibility features, uh, I feel like there's never been a better way to relive Joel and Ellie's iconic story of hardship and uh, perseverance. Uh, It might lack the highly underrated Factions multiplayer from the original game, but other than that, Naughty Dog's brilliant one-for-one remake of The Last of Us is the quintessential way to play one of the greatest story-driven games 
ever constructed. So number seven, The Last of Us Part One. Coming in at number six, A Plague Tale Requiem. Damn. Very few games in our medium can claim to be as bold, moving, and heartbreaking as this powerful sibling survival story. Uh, Despite its struggles with combat encounters and stealth elements, I feel like A Plague Tale Requiem's remarkable presentation, masterful score, rat-infested environmental puzzles, and gripping narrative uh, takes Amicia and Hugo on a journey filled with dead ends, false hope, unconditional love, and vengeance that truly never let up for me. And as a result, it was absolutely a standout game uh, for 2022 for your boy. Now we're getting into the top five here. Top five territory. And coming in at number five is Horizon Forbidden West. Pablo just passed out. I'm going to keep talking. I forgot about that. <laughs> All right. Horizon Forbidden West, number five. It's not so, it wouldn't be so bad if, 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 if God of War just, was at 15. Just let it bless you. All right. Okay, here's the deal. Often misunderstood and woefully underrated, uh, Horizon Forbidden West took Aloy's adventure to incredible new heights as her journey to save the world carried on. Uh, With a commendable cast of companions, enjoyable side quests, dynamic combat, generation-defining visuals, and a high-stakes sci-fi story, I feel like Horizon Forbidden West provided one of the most memorable and surprisingly immersive experiences for me in 2022. So number five is going to Aloy. Coming in at number four in my top ten games of 2022 is Ghostwire Tokyo. Oh my god. Despite its lackluster pre-release media rollout, Ghostwire Tokyo for me was a sensational supernatural journey through the derelict streets of Tokyo to seek answers, survival and hope for Akito and his spirit sidekick KK. Uh w- whether it's the eerie atmosphere, the otherworldly frights, the family-focused story or the unique elemental-based combat I feel that Ghostwire Tokyo redefined the best conventions of open world games to bring that dead city to life in gloriously unnerving fashion. So number four is Ghostwire Tokyo. Getting into top three territory and coming in at number three is Stray. After the fall of humanity, the robot servants of the old ones now sought purpose, hope, and new beginnings within the cold underbelly of their dying cyber city. Little did they know that their salvation would come in the form of a curious cat and its trusted droid companion. Through its unparalleled, lived-in atmosphere, goosebump-inducing score, artful silence, and contextual storytelling, I believe Stray delivered a mesmerizing and masterful experience with every step of the paw. Coming in at number two is Elden Ring. Ah! With isolation, discovery, and adversity at heart, From Software's first open-world rendition of the Soulsborne formula provides a seemingly endless array of riveting moments, brisk battles, and unbridled glory with every step through the mysterious unknown. Despite its arrogantly obtuse story, and performance-related shortcomings, Elden Ring has undoubtedly earned its seat at the table as one of the greatest games ever created. And coming in at number one, 
as my top game of 2022. Five. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Ladies and gentlemen, with staggering levels of depth, scale, freedom, and interwoven story elements, this emotionally charged tale brings an unforgettable cast together as they explore the meaning of life, death, and the journeys in between that make us human. For such a stagnant genre that's yet to reclaim its former glory, to me, Monolith Soft defied the status quo of all their contemporaries to position Xenoblade Chronicles 3 as not only the best in the series, and not only one of the best and boldest JRPGs ever made, but in my personal opinion, one of my favorite games ever made. Period. So, yeah. to summarize... I brought my son so, in... <laughs> why are you, why are you so looking you, at me like that? You... Crazy. <laughs> All right, so to summarize, coming in at number 10, Neon White. Number nine, Callisto Protocol. Number eight, Norco. Number seven, The Last of Us Part One. Number six, A Plague Tale Requiem. Number five, Horizon Forbidden West. Number four, Ghostwire Tokyo. Number three, Stray. Number two, Elden Ring. And number one, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Pablo, I... You had a lot of reactions. Well, what's going on in your mind right now? Let me tell you something. I, from day one, I knew, I had just forgotten that Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was going to be your number one. It's too much of a Marco game. It's too much of a, it's a JRPG. It's not only a good JRPG, it's a great JRPG. Uh, and... Elden Ring is, is is a game that is absolutely amazing, incredible, generational, short, but I think it's there, there, there's personal taste, and I think that that's obviously what this is all about. And so yeah. I'm not really surprised. The the, the oh, about the Elden Ring was more of just for show. I'm not surprised at all that Xenoblade Chronicles three is your um, is your number one. I, probably gun to my head, that would have been my top three for you. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles three, God of War, Stray. God of War. I, I mean, I mean uh, Elden Ring. <laughs> not Elden Ring, Stray. I almost thought I I was about to. Lose my, I thought you were about to be like Elden Ring, Stray. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I was about to shit my pantyloners. <laughs> well, look, I mean, you know, to me, Elden Ring and, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3 are both games that actually made it to my top 10 favorite games of all time list. And I think that at, yeah, in, in the years to come... Well, no, not Xenoblade. In the years to come, those games are going to flip-flop, I think, for me. Um, Elden Ring, I think what ultimately did that game in, in comparison, was the fact that the lore and the storytelling in that game as I mentioned, is so arrogantly obtuse that I found it to be a bit obnoxious at most, more often than not. And I was really hoping that even if it didn't turn into a great story, that it could have at least been a more competent one. But I felt like that game just kind of basked in its own um, obscurities, and it never really invited um, me as the player in to really get to know the people the situations going on and the conflict at hand in a way that I felt could be more satisfying. And that's, you know, and that's not something that I think it needs to have to be one of the all time greatest games. Um, but I think in the end for me as a story driven gamer, um, I am going yep. to latch on to story. Um, and, and I really felt like this, it was neck and neck for me uh, for most of the year. And, and I even at one point had Elden Ring at number one. <coughs> Because I felt like long term, I was going to have a greater appreciation for it down the line. And I'm, I very well might. But I think right now, I have to be honest to my current feelings about it in saying that I think the story and having to play the entire game 
on the PS4 version on my PS5 just to avoid all the pitfalls that were happening with the performance. Um, those two things to me were ultimately, again, hair splitting factors, yeah. but factors nonetheless to, to bump it to number two. Well, the performance, the performance stuff I get and the story stuff I also get. It's just, and it's not an excuse, but that's just kind of from software and the way they tell their story. I, I don't know what about that is so interesting to Miyazaki. Uh, but it, it mm-hmm. is, and I don't think that's ever going to change. But a quick question here: um, Do you want to see an Elden Ring too? Yeah, absolutely. Or, I absolutely do. I okay. want them to take their time, though. I want them to really yeah. do what they did this time around: just do it again and do it even better, um, and yeah. have it perform a little bit better too. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Um, well. But Pablo, I think uh, I think we covered all the bases. I think we have we have. We finally sure done after several months of Man, try to make me feel bad about having uh Sniper Elite Five as my number eight and this man got God of War <laughs> as fifteen. All right, let me address and Horizon that. Rise Forbidden West as five. There is a chance I feel there like- is a chance that down the line I'm I might pull a, a Horizon Forbidden West and, and you know, after I create some distance from the game for a while, I can look at it and go, Okay, now that I know what it's is and isn't I can appreciate it for what it is a little bit better but I just constantly felt like I was waiting for things to kick into gear and it just never did you're not wrong um you're not so, wrong so uh, maybe I'll feel different but I just felt like that game was was the intention was more about trying to evoke emotion from the player and I think somewhere in that focus they kind of lost a lot of the details that were necessary to make that story as a whole feel sensible and it, make it, sense it just left the a bad taste in your it mouth did. at the end it of the did. day. Um, but, yeah. you know, no, I, I that's where it. I landed. I mean, I don't get it, but I, I, I don't get it, but I get it. There you go. Uh, that's that's starting my life. Now it's, now it's time to, now it's time to, to leave 2022 behind. Yeah. yeah. I'm ready to do that, by the way. Dive into 2023. I'm tired of talking yeah, about 2022. So, yeah, our, our two months of, of year-end coverage ends now. Uh, our next episode, we're going to be shifting gears, talking more about what we're looking forward to in 2023. So be sure to stay tuned for that. But Pablo, that's going to do it for our two-part Game of the Year Awards special uh, for 2022. It was a good time for sure. I really enjoyed this. I, I love kind of coming up with the winners and losers of all of our categories. And I think that we had a great uh, conclusion with our top 10 list, both combined and our personal ones were interesting as fuck. But um yeah, that's going to do it for us. Um, thank you all of you for tuning in uh, to this two part special. We know it was a, a longer listen than our normal runtime, but hopefully it was an entertaining ride for you all uh, and helped you get to know a little bit more about us and our taste in games. Um, but in the meantime, please be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Hive at its cooldown time. And also, if you enjoyed our end of year content, including today's episode, please be sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to stream your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever. Um, On behalf of Pablo, my name is Marco, and thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Make me feel good.